genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here today, as always, with uh, the other voices on this show, Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Howdy. And RJ Mike. Hey, As a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books yet, we're going to we're gonna ruin them for you. But uh, I'll give you some timestamps in the description so you can, uh, you know... Uh, be warned and not listen to those bits. Um, our top stories today are Firepower number three by Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney, and We Only Find Them When They're Dead number one by Al Ewing and Simon DeMeo. So I love how now we are just voices in the void. We are first. I mean, panel, we're all voices in someone's head right now. So. We, were, we were co hosts, then we were cohorts, and now we're just voices, man. We I must not think. We haven't seen each other in person enough, so we're just deteriorating in your mind. We're just not real people anymore. Now, I just, I just don't wanna, don't wanna give us like, like, any one of us authority over any of the others, or like have any kind of ranking system. <laughs> oh, or so anything. this is we're anarchy, all, you say? We're all in this together, man. This is, you know, I don't want to go putting labels on be stuff. I don't want to be in charge. Excellent. I, think to each I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> Take it. Oh, excellent. okay. It's really just a, a, an admission of I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to do this. I just don't want to be in charge. I don't want to be liable for any of the things yeah. that get said on this podcast. I, I had to put the the pick uh, vote this week on you, though. You did, <laughs> but yeah, you had to make okay. you had to have some authority. You had to make some decisions. We had to decide if we were going to talk about that book that Adam wasn't reading. Yeah, it's like you gave me the choice between we can we can do either Empire is the top story or literally anything else, and I was like, how about that other thing? That's the thing that I, I didn't read. Uh, so that I guess now's a good enough time right? to say Empire was great, but we're not going to be talking about it. So the end. Well, it's the, it's issue, the finale. Right? I mean, like you know, we don't have to convince you to read a summer long thing. If you it was six weeks long. <laughs> yeah, this summer was six weeks long. I, I don't know if anyone fair. noticed that. There's... Yeah, we didn't have much. I don't even know what a week is anymore. Yeah, what is time? <laughs> Come on. A week is just when uh, there's it starts and stops when I have to get up for work again. That's the only time I know when it when mm-hmm. it weeks. Happen. But you've been working nonstop all weekend, so that doesn't even count. Yeah, for like the third time this month, and it's really starting to get to me. <laughs> and it's a holiday weekend. That shit should be illegal. It should be, but I use the holiday weekend because the thing I'm doing is gonna take forever. <laughs> and I just realized I said that being the only person who didn't work this weekend. So. Uh... <laughs> And I'm always me, off on Mondays, so nothing is different for me except my goal is to be done so- tomorrow, so I have the holiday off, at least one day off before I go back to the shit show. <laughs> but yeah, that's I can only hope. <laughs> You'll know if I'm exacerbated uh, if you listen the you know the next episode if I'm just sound sad. I, it didn't go well. Oh no! <laughs> I, I definitely had to like narrow down sean's books i'm like sean this is what you should read because i know you're tired just read these four books yeah you're fine yeah, i got through more than i thought because i honestly i wasn't i had some time but i thought i was just gonna pass out and i was like i'm gonna i can only read like five before i fall asleep so i'm gonna prioritize <laughs> that's usually I, me, I, like I, Tuesday I, still, night. I, I get this this mental image of Casey with tarot cards figuring out everybody's picks for the week she definitely I'm enjoys it more than she admits. At it. 
I, well, I called one of them, so one of them was pretty well, easy. Well, her and I you. also try to guess, because it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. yeah, but what you're doing is you're making me just pick those ones. Like... <laughs> I mean, I almost, also, it, you know, is, it is magical if you thinking in the your sense taste that more, maybe we would have a harder time. <laughs> I try to pick other ones just to fuck with her at this point. Yeah, there have been times where like, fuck you, I'm going to read something else. And I read everything like, damn it. Damn it. She was right. Yeah. Uh, also, RJ just pulls a fast one and brings up books that I didn't even know existed because they're digital only. that doesn't count that's not fair (laughs) you change the rules of the game (laughs) yeah you win by changing the rules part of what made me like it so much was the fact that I knew that you didn't know that it existed (laughs) oh uh speaking of speaking of uh digital comics um as of this past weekend uh every single issue of Black Panther is available for free on Comicsology Unlimited that's that's awesome also I don't think we talked about it last week because we recorded early uh R.I.P. Chadwick obviously yeah Uh, Yeah. we were talking about that at the shop where like we we happened to record on Thursday of last week and he passed away on Friday I believe um yeah it was Friday night so like we're just like oh thank god because that would have just been so sad just so, just so sad. We can't, yeah. we can't record in that kind of like, like Saturday at the shop was just fucking miserable. And yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't want to bring that energy to the podcast. You guys listen to this to escape all of those terrible things. And and I, I've I've thought about bringing up a couple of you know comic creator deaths, but it's like uh, I don't know if I want to bring that kind of energy to a podcast. Yeah, and if you're like, listening to this, you probably know about them. I'm not I'm not shocking right. anyone by saying R.I.P. Chadwick. Like, what? But yeah, I mean, this that, that one was, that, that's a big one. It's but. hard. That's so, yeah, I, I rewatched Black Panther over the weekend, and it, I, you know, I, I kind of lost my crap, because it's just thinking about those kids that don't have their their hero, you know? Like, you see yourself on screen for the first time. There's actual representation, and then it's just ripped out from under you that fast. Like that sucks, yeah. and just pure, just chance, pure, just shit luck. Like, damn. And and that that's one of those things that that no matter, no matter who it is, there's a, a fandom of people who are going to be absolutely crushed that they lost a oh, hero. Absolutely. Like, I I I remember listening to my dad talk about being a kid when george reeves passed away yeah like that was superman like yeah. as far as anyone was concerned that guy was superman in real life and it's like mm-hmm. for yeah. a, a young kid especially a young kid um who for the first time has representation on the screen like that adds a whole layer the of very first yeah hero yeah. yeah and then you know this is this is similar in that way it's the very first black blockbuster you know black superhero and all almost entirely black cast and it's just like well, i was some great stuff yeah but you know it, it, gonna f- every his entire body of work is just insane and yeah. hopefully they do it right and follow it up with shuri man she can take over as queen baby <laughs> and and he was that was one of those roles too where like he was t'challa on and off the screen like, oh yeah as far as people were concerned well and they talked about that like he made a lot of decisions to make it specifically a like African, yeah, like, like the, the you know did, Disney was just gonna go for like yeah just do the generic per, like, do the generic English accent and he's like mm-hmm. no I'm going to cultivate an African accent that is accurate and respectful because oh, yeah, they used it and then they used the language from the actor who played his dad they used like it was his native language so like that's the language that the the actual like the non English parts are oh wow I didn't even know that. Language, 
Yeah, because that that actor is um can't remember what country, but he he's that was his native language, so that's pretty. So and he they I read something that like the line in I think it was Civil War when he's first in it, they he learned that like that day they like kind of improv it and put and put that in the movie. That's super cool. So he was doing good work. He was do- like and the fact that he did all of these movies that we're talking about, all this stuff, and he had cancer the entire time is fucking mind blowing to me. Yeah, no, it really is. Like, it's it just speaks to how great of a dude that he was. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine. I'm not yeah. that brave. That's for damn sure, dude. Yeah, I don't think many people are. That's why people are probably very upset about all that. Yeah, because there's not many people like him. I think. So this is sad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> comic books. Uh, I think I could spin on a fun one. <laughs> okay. Which I don't know. Knowing what you're talking about, I'm scared. It's normally a fun one, but this one was a little heavy. But uh, let's just do it. Let's just try to hop in. We'll pivot real hard here. Uh, one of our favorites is back. Sea of Stars number six. I was. I swear to God, if you went die oh, number thirteen, yeah, I was gonna. I was, gonna okay. I was waiting for that. That would have been so. That would have been not okay at all. Um. <laughs> The happiest uh, Jason- book around. <laughs> yeah, die. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jason Aaron and Dennis Hallam with the art by uh, Stephen Green and Rico Renze is doing color. Uh, we're back. Uh, we're getting sh- we get shoved right into the aftermath of the weird shaman guy summoning the Devil King uh, and trying to take Caden, the small boy possessed by the ancient artifacts, power away. Nice elevator get, pitch. You like that? Because I, I, I read this kind of being like, I think there was a thing with like a crazy ceremony and like I vaguely remember because it was like a year. It's been a while. Like a year and a half or two years ago mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> and they, they kind of throw you right in and Space Timon and Pomba do not disappoint. <laughs> I forgot about those Love dudes. these dudes. <laughs> they're, they're doing one thing. Like they're trying to figure out like the whale's got this plan. Like so basically the whole concept now is the dad knows the son's alive. And we're following the dad, and we're kind of getting filled in on what happened during the giant battle, uh, or the giant ceremony. Whole bunch of battle going on, like, the, the, the shaman summoned the devil king, which is just, like, a leviathan, which is just this massive It's the, the It's, like, the biggest creature. quark shark, right? Like the space- It's, like, a, hundred, a thousand times the size of, like, the giant whale that ate his dad in the beginning. Like, it's it, just it massive. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. A big boy. And... We kind of go through and we find out um, through twists and turns, we kind of see the battle, like the the girl, the woman that was helping the, the kid out kind of say, does like a mad something and like extracts the power out of him. He kind of disappears, but her like Phoenix is following the shaman and that kind of puts all of our characters together. Um, so like the <laughs> there's just a funny moments like the whale is. It's like a phoenix, but the whale is following it with the monkey riding it, which is just hysterical because we're all in space. So it's just, it's absurd. <laughs> and he kind of like sees a plan. He's like, oh, you're a genius fist. And when he figures out, like he's trying to get the phoenix to go in the water and then it doesn't go out. He's like, you are an idiot fish and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but he ends up eating it because the phoenix was sent to track the shaman. So basically, he eats the phoenix, and it leads them to yeah. The because well, in guy. whatever like yeah. big climactic like, it, like some some kind of was, crazy it, explosion, it was yeah. So yeah. they all got like scattered to all separated, these different yeah. yeah they separated, exactly. and the dad and the shaman are together. 
So, yeah, yeah so I mean, the book starts out with the dad trying to save the shaman's life just to figure out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> There's some great moments of the flashback. We got a little bit of Kyle the cop bot, uh, if you guys remember. <laughs> he, he asked Kyle, like, how do I get up there? And he's like trying to get up to this huge spot. He's like, you could try exploding. At least one piece of you is liable to make it. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> You've, yeah, and then the kid's trying to fight the Leviathan because um, he sees this giant whale that ate his dad. So he's literally just punching a whale in the face. Um, as one does, but then I, at one point before like the big explosion, like it seems like the whales talking to him telepathically and says just pain. So he may the this Leviathan thing might be, it's being coerced against its will to do what this is. So we I don't really know what that means. There's just a lot going There's on a here. Lot. <laughs> but eventually, like the whole there's it's funny like there's twisted her eventually all the whale, the monkey. The dad and the shaman all end up in the same place. The friendly whale, the, not the big, scary the whale. The friendly whale, yeah. The small, normal-sized whale, <laughs> which is like, like, is like a fucking blue whale. So it's still huge. <laughs> um, and the, the shaman's talking about his master plan, basically how he's like, he did this, he's been hiding. And then he's like, yeah, then I, I cut the kid. He's like, and the, the dad's like, you cut my son? He's like, yeah. And just beats his fucking just head. Just bashes his brains in. <laughs> And he, just instantly doesn't even think but he twice also does it. it with his own helmet and it's just like dude yeah. you're in space why did you destroy <laughs> well, he seems to be yeah and whatever was in the shaman goes into the dad whatever i don't know what it Some is spooky like lost uh, cl- uh dust cloud thing yeah spooky then at ghost. that point spooky, spooky black ghost, ghost. Man, yeah because at that point he can understand the monkey and the whale once they show up with the phoenix bird that's been following the shaman who is the only person that knows how to stop the giant leviathan and now he's dead. you sound insane right now <laughs> i do this book was nuts that i feel sentence. like we we often do on this show it's like if, if you if you have no frame of reference for some of the books we're talking about you're like what the fuck so is guys so the monkey and the whale sweat. are talking to the shaman <laughs> the phoenix is mad and the, and the i like the big, i like how everyone understands angry yeah, because like I said, it like we've talked about, it's Lion King space. Like we have Timon and Pumbaa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Mufasa, who's not dead, but he's close. Simba, we don't know where he's at now, so he's trying to find. The him shaman's again. clearly Rafiki, <laughs> but it's it's also no, finding he's Scar. <laughs> he's Scar he's, and Rafiki. Oh, it's still totally he, finding Nemo. He, yeah, <laughs> it's to, yeah. Well, yeah, but plus also finding Wally, Nemo. Right. It's in space. So I mean, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's all the Disney classics, guys. It's Lion um, King, Wally, Finding Nemo. It's, I, I love it. It's, and we've talked about like the space, like they kind of show good scope and space. Like it's gorgeous. The art's really well done. The color Um, is fantastic. I'm I'm glad you shouted out the colors because yeah, yeah, the art on this is, uh, the color is fantastic. This one of our favorites is back, obviously. Like, I can't say enough about it. I think for, I think the trade just came out or it's been out for a minute. It has been out for a very long time. Okay. It's been out for a minute. Pick it up. The first five issues were great. Yeah, um, fantastic book. It's a lot of fun. The action's great. Like, Jason Aaron, like, he knows how to write these kind of stories. Like, the action's great. It's funny. Um, you got those, you got the, just the banter alone between, like, this, the, <laughs> I know I sound crazy, the monkey and the whale. Like, it's just, it's so, it's this so. Monkey and the whale start you missed, talking to you missed the or? very, like, the big reveal at the very end where, like. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so then, like, right. he's, like. Because he's like, oh, did you just 
Did you just piss off? The, or did you did you just kill the only guy that knows how that to stop, stop the the, the biggest thing that exists in the universe? And they're like, <laughs> and, the, and the dad's like, yeah, no, like that thing's like thousands of miles away from here now. Who cares? And they're like, where do you think we are right now? And then it pulls out, and they're just like a scab on the side of this fucking mm-hmm. leviathan. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. So. Yeah. So now we have to go find kid. Yeah, and the kid like something happened. Like the woman that brought him there said something and like the the club magical artifact like almost separated and he kind of like exploded so like, I, we have no idea where he's at or if the artifact is gone who like there's a lot like there's a lot going on there's a lot there's some, there's some thor stuff going on here you know just mjolnir just goes inside of the kid instead of <laughs> holding it so like i don't know if that's ideal <laughs> it's not great i can tell you that um yeah it's a little bit of everything action uh, adventure, romance. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. A bunch of things that uh, Jedi's aren't usually too fond of. No. <laughs> oh, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I love how every time Adam makes a da- bad or dumb joke, he's just like, "Oh God, I'm so fucking sorry." Like that I was am, stupid. I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I usually just cut him out. So. Because <laughs> well, I have that power, I wield it. Even though I said I wasn't power. in charge. You're you're only in charge of your editing out your own stupidity. That's all. That's it. Uh, no, great. I loved it. Um, this I'm glad, really glad it's back. It's one of the be- like it was a great week this week, and this one really stood out to me. That now that it's back. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I got another uh, one of our favorites, or at least one of my favorites. I don't care what y'all think. Uh, I hate it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Uh, it's Hellblazer Rise and Fall. But Wait, didn't okay. we just talk about this? We just talked about Hellblazer, John Constantine Hellblazer. Oh Jesus! Oh, by uh, Spurrier this? and, and Matthias this is the Spurrier. this is the black label. This DC. is the black label. This is oh, the real oh, big no, one. This kidding. is the big old magazine one. The big old big one. Um, the big old floppy flop. <laughs> mm. It's uh, this one is by Tom Taylor and Derek Robertson. Uh, which I knew I was gonna love it because of that creative team. It's fantastic already. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> you say that because you don't know who those people are. Because <laughs> we did it. We did this in the oh, story. Oh, we did this in the story. Funny. That's what it was. You're like, it's Tom Taylor. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. He's like, yeah. Did that you read this? Got like, two no. names. <laughs> yeah, two names. Two first names. I know that two name person. <laughs> I know that two name person. <laughs> but you recognize Derek yeah. Robertson because he did transmit. Uh, I do sure now. <laughs> I've read Transmet, but now I've... Now, now can you the, just put the pieces together? Yep, now they're linked. There My is. synapses are linked now. We're good. Got Thank it. you. I read Transmet. Oh, well, it's you're... good. You're, Don't read it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read it right now for multiple reasons. Anyway. One, because we're living through it, and it's so scary. We elected the beast, mm-hmm. but also... I don't know, maybe give uh, Warren Ellis some time to account for his terrible actions before no, buying yeah, I, his I was books. Think, I was thinking of the first... Both part, things, but also, also that, yeah, I, I forgot about things, that, which is one hundred percent. Because, yeah, I, I did, yeah. a, like last year, read reread the first like ten issues of Transmet. And I'm just like, oh no, it's too, it's too much no, right now. I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once it got to the beast, That's- I'm like putting this down. I can't handle this. Um, yeah. Anywho, anyway, anywho, this is Hellblazer. <laughs> this is not. This that is book. not that book. Um, this book is fantastic. So we get so basically what is happening to some degree is from what I can tell is someone is resurrecting guilt from John Constantine's past. So 
Uh, <laughs> someone else. Someone new. Someone new, yeah. But uh, so basically, what's what is the the book starts out with? We find out that he is the reason that his his mom died in childbirth or shortly after childbirth. Yeah, that was so he was born scene. of guilt. His dad blamed him his whole life. It says on the tombstone, like he yeah. took his, his yeah he took his, his mother's name was Mary. Do you think that was a, a reference? Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. It, uh, who died to bring us John is written on her tombstone. Yeah. yeah. Oof. That's uh. <laughs> No matter how you turn out, that's that's still shade. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's not great. Not yeah. gonna you're There's not no gonna adjust least, well, probably. At least Constantine yeah. is consistent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Definitely plays into his character very well. Um, but then you know, then we get a, a flash a, you know, flash forward, which is still a bit of a flashback of him as a child trying to learn <laughs> how to magic. And he's trying to, like, summon a demon, but in the way that is just silly schoolyard, like, he's just trying to impress his friends. You can't, mm-hmm. not, not real ways to summon demons. <laughs> and then, uh, in the process of doing that, he, he brought out, like, his, like, his... Shit tsunami. Yeah, so he, he, he brought out his two childhood friends, and in the process of doing this, this ritual... A, a levy breaks and just just complete coincidence just terrible timing and kills one of his friends a little boy that he grew up with so he was forbidden from ever chat. hanging out with that the with the girl ever again and you know like just dealt with that guilt by suppressing it and becoming john constantine as we as we know and love and um flash forward to the girl that he was friends with as a cop and she's just kind of on the beat one day and finds a dude with angel wings impaled on the crucifix at the top of a steeple. Yep. And he's screaming. He's still alive. So her and her partner are like, uh, what the fuck? Uh, we got to get him down. And then as they're like pulling him down, still alive, he smashes face first into the pavement. And they're like, well, that's going to be hard to identify him. Um, so, and- well, the, the, yeah, that and the... Co- <laughs> They make a comment like the corners, like it's hard to identify uh, people, naked people like this, because they don't usually carry. Yeah, naked people like, with with giant wings don't usually carry. <laughs> like it's so. Good. <laughs> it's such a like it's such a joke that only people in that profession would yeah. make. It's like, well, I guess I got to figure it out now. He doesn't have a wallet. He could have left his face <laughs> intact. That would have been helpful. Thanks right. a lot. Um, oh but you know, God. noticing that this is a bit weird, uh, she calls in her <laughs> her old weird. buddy John Constantine as a. As a consult of weird, Man, I, I want to be that guy yeah. that someone calls when shit gets too weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I do though. Yeah, like, they're no, just like, like I don't know what else to do. I guess we'll get Adam out here. I guess he, we'll get we'll get. To... I guess we'll get that weirdo that knows about weird shit. Weird <laughs> consultant. <laughs> That's another business card. Put that for on your the business stack, card. Adam. But yeah, no, you're right. Oh, yeah. I was mistaken. He, he just, just shows up. Yeah. He he shows up and tells her that she's got some weird shit on her hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and then because because uh, again, sticking with his theme, he just kind of shows up. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I love this too because he they're telling the partner about how they they were forbidden from being friends because you know he accidentally killed a, their other friend oh my god and yeah, and uh but... and they're like and so he's like oh so you guys stopped hanging out then and they're like of course not being being <laughs> forbidden makes it all the better obviously we stopped hanging yeah. out because he stole my boyfriend and then he gave him <laughs> back but he wasn't the same after mm. that uh, it's such a good line because <laughs> yeah, he's like i don't so deny that he was like <laughs> he was like i just borrowed strange. him i gave him back and then and then he like i love the part he like uh after that night he crashes on your couch and then Oh he, my god, that's hysterical. Uh, he like 
fall, the family falls in love with him, her husband and kids. He, like, yeah, because they're the like, there's a man chocolate. dying on the couch, mommy. And she's like, what? I don't remember last night at all. Because they just got yeah, hammered. They all just got hammered. Yeah. yeah, but she was like, was that your magic? And he goes, no, I just gave your kids some chocolate. And yeah. uh, your husband and I just kind of clicked. He seems like a cool he, guy. He's a cool guy. <laughs> and she's like, all right, well, don't borrow him. Yeah, yeah can you, you please not him. borrow this one? <laughs> I just like how they're talking to his one partner, uh, the, the the girl, the woman's partner, um, and he's like, I don't really know if I believe in magic. And he just like, you want to see some? And then like the waiter shows up with shots. He's like, that was magic. Hold on, we could do some more later. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, this fucking this guy this fucks. Boy, this guy fucks. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but but, but wait, yeah. We, so we in the course of, of the, what, we kind of skipped over why though. Well, that like, was I was about to get to, to that point. Yeah, so the yeah. reason he shows up specifically to her is what? he he shows her a picture of their dead friend who is very much not dead anymore. He's. Still a child. He's a little little, little zombie baby running around. Zombie little, and or demon. He's a little cold. I wouldn't he's a, say he's, he's a little not, gray. Not he's a little gray. But no, he's not dead. They I think John says something to the effect of like he's very much uh still around and hasn't aged, so I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Um But uh but so th- in the course of investigating that he also helps them out with their weird angel problem. But he was um, like in a, the background of the news footage of of the the fat guy falling off. The that's oh, and was. someone stole his wing. Yeah, yep. someone like cut oh the yeah, wings someone off. someone went stole, into the yeah, corners like yeah. in the police stole station, stole the wings yeah. off. I'm gonna of, take this. But it, that was yeah, after that was after though. like the the coroner was like, good news, bad news. Good news is um they're not bird feathers. But, I don't but bad news is I have no are. fucking idea what they are. They're not, they're not <laughs> ethereal. <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're not of this world. I cannot identify them at all. Yeah. And um, but then they get another one. They another impaled another angel one. happens, and this time he's like, "Oh yeah, I don't have any problem identifying that one." And she's like, "Wait, who is it?" And it's like, "That's oh, the ex prime minister." <laughs> so. Yeah, but the wings are already gone. But the wings. So someone got someone beat them to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. This time. Damn it. Um, and then, and then the, the issue <laughs> ends with the the partner being murdered by the little demon kid. So that sucks. Um, he basically mm-hmm. says to him, he's like, "You're just another like victim of John's guilt." Like, so he's so the yeah. the the effort is to make John feel shitty, obviously. Yeah. And then even after that, John goes home. And he's just like, "Oh man, I'm really hungover. I could use some curry." And he <laughs> walks into his house, and uh, Satan is there eating this curry. Yeah. So Damn that it. sucks. I hate it I when, hate that when Satan eats my curry. I hate it when Satan Stop steals it. my leftovers. Yeah. I labeled dick. it mine, Satan. <laughs> Not today, Satan. No matter <laughs> how spicy you make it, he's still still eat it right out of the fridge, <laughs> like an asshole. I wonder what yeah. the devil's spice tolerance. Probably uh, pretty sure high, high, or he high. hates it. Like mayonnaise is too spicy. He like for him. tapped out <laughs> habanero. I mean, yeah, if you if you put salt on it, he's like too much. That's I'm sorry. too spicy. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a ghost pepper and he's like fucking things named curses me. Yeah, but but also <laughs> the devil specifically says I want my wings back. So this book had a, this going another on. book that had a lot. <laughs> I know it was oversized, so it feels way more coherent than CS Stars is. But there was a lot happening. <laughs> There's a book. lot going on, <laughs> and and Tom Taylor w- like wove it together just seamlessly. I just yeah, I, I agree. need more. It's very yeah, well this done. Was, this was good. I just. 
This is probably the most Hellblazer I've read, like, ever. Really? <laughs> even, uh, even after I've talked about multiple issues of Mermaid Meat and well, Unicorn I've read that series meat. and this series. No, I'm in the same boat. Like, I never really latched on oh, to, man. to Hellblazer. Well, then you guys didn't catch the beautiful reference in this one. Um, in this issue, nope. they go to a pub called The Dylan, which is a nice little beautiful reference to Steve Dylan, who drew the majority of the best Hellblazer that exists up until this point, I guess. And, and um, the best God. Punisher that ever existed. Well, the best Punisher, the best Hell- Hellblazer, the, the only preacher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only preacher. Dude fucking rules. Love him to death. Evidently was a fucking solid dude too because like the, the downtown store got to hang out with him before I, I lived in Philly and uh, said that he was just the nicest guy. They went out drinking with him as you would expect. And uh, yeah, RIP Steve Dillon, but uh, they, that was a really nice <laughs> tribute. And I think Derek Robertson fits perfectly too they have a very comparable style so it's definitely got that like garth Ennis, steve dylan vibe to it he so, passed away in the middle of a punisher run too he did becky clunan was writing it too. it was, yeah, that was so it was such ooh. a good run it was so good yeah such a, a bummer shame. yep <sighs> thanks <R. adam P. laughs> and we're back <laughs> see this is why we don't talk about uh comic book related deaths on the show brings everyone just get bummed out (laughs) (laughs) this is good i'm glad casey made me read it yeah you're welcome if this book ruled i I was trying to i was i was simultaneously fighting for this to be a top story but also really desperately trying to cling to it as my pick because i it's my favorite book by far of the week so you made that very clear you're like everyone should read (laughs) this but it's mine fuck you (laughs) 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 all right what else we got i guess all I'll go with the curveball that I threw everyone. God damn it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just, you know, I picked to make Casey angry. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Got it. So I have uh, Harley Quinn, Black, White, and Red, number 11, by Simon Spurrier and Otto Schmidt. So this is a digital first uh, series, which means that it comes out on digital uh, before they make physical copies. And this came out yesterday, I think. I don't know. Uh, wasn't even on Wednesday? No. What? I don't know. The schedule is weird. Um, weird. So Batman Black and White was is kind of like a vignette um, episodic um, series that DC puts out occasionally. Like, just uh, small, short Batman stories. But uh, I guess this go-around, they decided to do Harley instead. And um, it's, it's funny, too, because the logo is Batman black and white, but it's like Harley Quinn is uh, written over top. Oh, nice. I like that. Um, and uh, so this issue uh, starts with um, all these all these goons going to a bar and hanging out, and they're, you know, they're doing what normal uh, superhero goons would do, and they, they're hypothesizing about what would happen if they ever got a chance to uh, fight uh, Superman and how they would take him down. Um, the, and, they uh, wouldn't. The end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, they're talking about like you know how they how they kill him and the one guy's like oh kryptonite bullet and um and then they hear a voice from the other side and it's like and then his boots up your ass before you can before you can even pull the trigger um and it it's Harley and uh, she would know. Geez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then she's like, "Listen, you really want to know how to kill Mister Superman? I'll tell you. Uh, you don't." And then, um, 
the barkeeper well, kind of thanks. begs her to not keep going because he like just fixed the place after people smash it to bits, and he's like, "Don't don't get them rolled up." He's like, <laughs> "Shut up!" And uh, <laughs> so they're asking her uh, what what she means, and so her um, her plan is to uh, kidnap or like you know make a make a ransom video of a of a person. And then give Superman the coordinates to where the handoff is. And then when he shows up, it's not a kidnapping at all. He just gets doused. He's just a uh, like a radioactive, um, uh, like a like a series of radioactive waste, and he gets like radiated. And then he gives everyone cancer, so he can't have that on his conscience. So, so you he, accidentally like, Doctor Manhattaned him. Kind that... of, but... <laughs> oh, I thought it's going to turn into that, that trash monster from Captain Planet. <laughs> well, doesn't he do that to people anyway with his x-ray vision? Like, No, he, I mean... he puts uh, uh, big lead vests on them first yes. before, before he uses his x-ray yeah, vision because use, he's very polite. He can't use his x-ray vision because it doesn't work through lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah, so her plan is to just make him super radioactive so he has to take himself out of the equation. Make make him <laughs> Yeah. Make him accidentally murder Lois, like damn. That's that's brutal. That is that's um, pretty heavy. And then he's like, Alright lady, how how did you do the flash? I was uh so they're asking him about the flash Quickly. now. And then <laughs> uh he's like ego or she she's like, uh, you know, you use an ego, so you invite him to some kind of celebration like a like a fair or a, a city parade or something, and you uh, honor him and you give him a sash and the sash is like uh, magic or something to uh, constrict him and like warp him in onto himself um, and it's like you can't outrun your own outfit Puddin and then uh, and then they're talking about uh, Heart, uh, Wonder Woman and um, wait are they just Tower of Babel in her is this is that what this issue is is wow. this Tower of Babel Kind of. Are you talking about uh, the Camelot? the Grant Morrison story where he they the where Ra's al Ghul steals Batman's plans of how to subdue each member of the League and oh. then just like does it all at once? Like is that yeah? Sort in, of. yeah. <laughs> why would you have something like that written down? Well, that's why. That's when when they finally get it under control. The whole Justice League is like, "What the fuck, Bruce?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of like mind control and like magic and shit I like." I, sh- I mean, the fact that you guys don't have a plan is bullshit. I mean that that that's pretty much like you know he made Omac, which yeah. was like Brother I, and then caused Infinite Crisis. So yeah, he causes a lot of problems by just yeah. writing down all of his paranoia. <laughs> so then the so the goons ask about Wonder Woman, and uh, she uh is like uh these semi mythical types, you got to hit them right in the mythium. So the what now is you got to change your story. So you round she's going to round up all the experts on Greek mythology and force them to type um that Wonder Woman is actually uh, a modern reincarnation of Persephone so she uh has to spend half her life uh with Hades and then oh <laughs> that's not good <laughs> means the D-cup duchess spends half the year in the freaking underworld as a consort of Hades can you imagine her face? Um, and then stories, boys. Never underestimate the power of a good story. And then uh, they ask him, 
you know, then she goes to Green Lantern, and she's like, well, I had this this plan set up with, like, um, yellow stuff all stuck on a leaf blower, and the, and it's like, well, why, why you always got to be so scientifical? Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's an easier way. So she's like, I just invite him over for coffee and then stab him in the neck with a fork. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the classics work, I guess. <laughs> and then... Yeah, if, uh, it, if it ain't break, don't fix it. Then she, she uh, narrates and, like, someone will ask, someone will always ask. So there's one person Batman. left, and it's Batman. And um, she's like, the Bat- uh, well, now, the Batman, I mean, hypothetically speaking, here's how I'd kill the Batman. And she talks about how she first spread the word of a big job uh, for villains and um, get them all, uh, get all the criminals out of their holes and, uh, you know, round up out of, at a bar, and uh, she'd get there first and poison their drinks as all the guys like look at their drinks. <laughs> uh, he's like, can't be the smartest freak in the room if you ain't in the room now, can you? So Batman would just know he's going to infiltrate. Um, and then uh, this person comes over to uh, her and um, says, DMSA. It's like, what's that? The antidote. Uh, I've been adding it to their glasses since I analyzed the beer. And she's like, well, shucks, is that you, Batman? It's like, right prefix, wrong everything else. And it's cape. And uh, <laughs> she, uh, she's like, that's why none of your plans would actually work, Quinn. You try gunning for one cape, you better be ready to face them all. <laughs> and uh, she then like is about to handcuff Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn's arm snap- snaps off. And... Uh, well, he's like, you're half right, Red. See, you got to be the smartest freak in the room. Uh, you get to be the smartest freak in the room after all, but you, but only because I ain't in it. And it's a robot, Harley. What? And she's like up on the roof with a <laughs> with a iPad, like controlling it. Oh, and, man. Uh, and so uh, was, oh, um, but the cave was, uh, it's a competitive life henchin. And in this town, you got to do whatever it takes to stay ahead of the pack. And that's how it ends. That's and amazing. That's that's so like, good. It's a perfect combination between like Tower of Babel and also my favorite um, Batman the Animated Series episode, uh, Almost Got Him. Oh, that is and, such a good episode. That's my favorite one, and it's the one where they're all sitting around at the the poker club and they're they're all telling their story about they almost how they almost got the Batman, and at the very end you find out that Killer Croc was a spoiler. <laughs> Killer Croc was in the it was was just Batman in disguise the whole time. That was uh, that was Paul Dini. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Nice. He wrote uh, that episode. That makes sense. It's it's brilliant. But yeah, it's very. I was expecting it to go in that route when she's like telling the almost got him stories, and that's uh, a good twist. That's uh, that it's not Batman, and then she's not in the room. That's uh, that's, that's nice. I like it. <laughs> now I might so go good. read a digital comic. Thanks, RJ. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. <laughs> it's against my religion to read comics digitally. Don't make it in print at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah then there you go. just wait for it to be in print there you go well uh also yeah auto auto schmidt was the one who did um hawkeye freefall and that that art was yeah. fantastic so that's definitely a uh motivation to go check that out as well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. spurrier is great well speaking of digital comics making their way to print uh <laughs> ah. i've got be gay do comics queer history memoir and satire from the nib 
Uh, See, I only let you have this because I didn't have time to read it, and you bought the copy that I was going to buy. I let you have it. <laughs> wow. wow. But uh, yeah, this is out by IDW. Um, I didn't. I didn't get get through all of it either. But it's not. It's not really a narrative. It's. It, this is a, a large collection of short form comics from the Nib, which is like a, a satire and like journalism website that does things they do, specifically they do, like, in politi- comics. They do political cartoons and like, uh, you know, like satirical cartoons and like, you know. Yeah, but it's all it's all and sometimes and they're queer and sometimes current events and stuff like that. But it's all it's all done through comics. It's all in the medium of comics. Yeah. So this is a collection of um, just a a whole staff of of uh, queer writers just telling their, telling their own stories. Uh, kind of making fun of a lot of things. Like there's a there's a a comic in here of a gender reveal party that ends in a black hole. <laughs> and like uh, I like the, I like the other one with all the suggestions about gender reveals, and it's like instead of putting candy in a cake, you should put the entrails of a goat. And it's like <laughs> oh, good lord, <laughs> like, well. something like my baby's gender is the is the the fall of man or something. Like is <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a bit in here. It's uh, astrological signs as classic queer haircuts. I am oh, that's pretty I good. am offended that they got me so well. <laughs> it's like my my sign and my haircut are identical. <laughs> or you're a Gemini then. No, I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. The the angled bob that's not that different than it was, but you better notice there that it it's different. Yeah. <laughs> I, was think, I was thinking your old haircut is the Gemini. Oh you yeah, my old see, notice I, that it's different. I must that must be my moon sign or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, you're on the cusp, I guess. <laughs> but so like the, there's a lot of really lighthearted stuff in here. There's al- also like some pretty serious like actual like history in here. Like there's a right after that page there's a story about um a a gay Nazi hunter in World War II Germany. Like What? That that was all I had time to awesome. read at the shop today. <laughs> I told you <laughs> so via text I was like you have to read that next story. It's real good. And then like <laughs> there there's like little themes throughout. Like there there's one whole section of people um kind of telling their their coming out stories or like kind of responding to the assignment of writing a comic about their coming out story or yeah it's 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 really neat because it's it's a cool perspective um especially in this world of comics where a lot of the fandoms are kind of poisonous right now but there's still there's so many queer artists out there and there's so many great queer artists out there and and, and I, I don't know if you read the foreword too. It's that the comics are so accessible. So like even if an industry is gate gatekeeping towards, you know, queer people, specifically queer people of color, like comics are the thing that you have ultimate control, even if it's just to put it out yourself. Like right. even if like you, you can put it out for free digitally or like for super cheap physically, you know, like you, you can actually tell your story in a way that you have complete control over. And that's what makes comics beautiful in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the foreword cool. by uh, Matt Lipchansky, who's one of the, yeah. the many artists in this book. I'd read off a list of all the artists in this book, but. It's like more than 30. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Like the yeah. the, the oh, mass wow. set is like two pages long. It's, that's cool, it's really, yeah. really good. Um, I've, I've been like just kind of picking it up and putting it down all week. It's, it's like a, a Calvin and Hobbes layer of digestibility because a lot of them are just one page comics from the nib and some mm-hmm. of them are like a few pages long so at most a, a single consumable part of this book is like maybe six pages so 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's definitely a, it's a great way to support queer creators and, uh, you know, like, voices that have previously been marginalized in this industry that are finally getting a lot of, you know, the respect that they deserve. And, you know, it's cool to, you know, support books like this. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I, it's, it's cool of IDW to, uh, to put this out because... Yeah. You know, this is all like I, I. It's another one of those things where like you could you could easily track down every one of these comics somewhere online, or even just from the nib. A lot of them are right off the nib's website, but to to collect it all like this is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess th- this is a good a time as any to make it about myself. Obviously, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was probably like two weeks ago at this point. Uh, I managed to come out to you guys but i'll do it on the air now for you know full full disclosure and you know i love our listeners so you know there that is i'm i'm pansexual so uh you know and and the fact that i am in a heterosexual long-term relationship and i'm you know a 30 year old white woman is not lost on me yeah (laughs) the tremendous privilege that i that i am able to just like casually come out at you know at this age um but, you know, uh, it is what it is. It's also probably not surprising to anyone. Everyone I've told it are just like, yeah, obviously. Like, have, have you seen the way that you talk about Tessa Thompson? Like, I, <laughs> I knew you weren't straight. Oh, um, there's actually a, a comic in here. Let me see if I can find it easily <laughs> about exactly that. Here it is. Uh, I came, it's called I Came Out Late in Life and That's Okay by Allison Wilgus. So that's, oh. that's one for you to check out. Beautiful. There you go. Perfect. There's already it's, a comic it's, for it's you. kind of like about it's about coming out late in life and kind of dealing with the lost years of like being, you know, experimental in your twenties and like all oh, that totally. kind of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I've been thinking about now. And it's like, you know, very much like a um all my you know, as a, I don't want to get into all of it because that could be a, that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. But like, oh, yeah. as a, sure. as a straight girl, there's this the level of like acceptability when you when you talk about the sexuality of of someone of your same gender or someone of like you know not necessarily heterosexual gender. Where like men or like masculine people tend to have a little bit more of like a you know, it's a little bit more obvious where you, if you try to talk about uh, homosexuality, you are like, you're given a very different vibe. Whereas if I yeah, casually sure. just mentioned that a chick's hot, everyone's like, oh, cool. Uh, you know, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's kind of just always been that where like I never dated, uh, you know, anyone outside of, uh, you know, male gender. And I've just, you know, been slowly realizing over time that that is that uh, the world is so much bigger. Well, <laughs> and I and I, I've been saying for years well, that straight doesn't exist, and it turns out it just doesn't exist for me. Right. And it, it, there's <laughs> there's also um, a page in here from Matt Lipchansky about um, about coming out to to their friends and and coworkers and coming to to kind of coming to terms with being non-binary and and that feeling of like, oh, well, this is this even real? Like am i mm-hmm. am I queer enough to really be accepted by by oh, this there's community? there's so much imposter syndrome. Yeah. I'm sure imposter syndrome kept me, you know uh, not necessarily in the closet, but kept me from realizing myself because a lot of it has been like seeing the queer community and being a part of it 
from the sideline and being like wow you know all my queer friends are incredible and so brave and so so amazing and like the queer community especially right now during all the protests there's just nothing but solidarity like it's they didn't get mad when pride month was taken away they're like no it's this wrath month we're <laughs> we're taking the system down <laughs> and like i'm like yeah fuck yeah like it's it's amazing i wish i could be part of that and like the imposter syndrome just kept me from realizing that i was you know like but yeah the 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 punchline to that matt lipchansky uh comic was it combined my three most anxiety inducing activities talking on the phone talking about my emotions and asking people to do anything for me there's no goddamn way i'm putting myself through this if it isn't real (laughs) (laughs) that is very real that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, there's 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 a, a queer comic for anyone in here. I just found two for Casey. So <laughs> And I haven't even really scratched the surface. I read the first like three pages, so I, I can't wait to really dive into this thing. But yeah, it's it's uh, it, it made me think about queerness in ways that I haven't thought of before too. Like Which is what yeah, I think that's the beauty of it that like it's not just, you know, like queer people like making comics for themselves. It's it, it is like a comics have always been a way to experience life outside of your own comfort zone you can you can really get somebody else's perspective even in just a single page comic you know and there's there's also a several page uh comic in here about um all of the other different riots aside from stonewall that happened in like the 50s and 60s oh yeah and that was kind of empowering i was like fucking let's do that shit again because then that's taken me back to every single time i've had that argument of like well what does looting and rioting solve it's like literally anything <laughs> it's it's the only lasting change that we've created is because of riots yeah. like i understand like saying some of those things are bad but look at the change that it has you know no one was listening until you started rioting yeah no no like, no one no one gave a shit about androgynous teens until they until they started throwing bricks at cops then it became yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> and now pride is uh you know internationally celebrated and, and it's an international conglomerated cele- celebration <laughs> of a violent riot and uprising yeah so like exactly. you know if it, it i'm i'm keeping tabs of everyone who's who's having that conversation with me over the last several months of like oh well, what does writing solve and what does writing prove it's like all right you, none of y'all fuckers are inv- are invited to pride ever again <laughs> yeah you're not you're not allowed you're not here's you're a, not invited here's to a, the barbecue yeah. here's a history book read it and then comes yeah. off to me yeah yeah just 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 google marsha p johnson and <laughs> sylvia rivera just google that first and then come talk to me <laughs> and that's just the most famous one that's just the one that's right. finally getting the credit it deserves you know like like adam said there's so many others yeah. but yeah be gay do comics yeah be gay do comics i think that's good advice <laughs> done i'm in where do i start <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late to start it turns yeah out. no yeah all right yeah i guess i could start either way either either spot uh well, uh, speaking of queer comics, I got a really good one. Um, it's not nearly as as uplifting, and uh, certainly it's, isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly fucking weird too. It's existential dread in thirty three pages. A, Holy shit! Dread, dread's a good way to put it's, it. It's uh, Lonely Receiver number one by Zach Thompson and Jen Heckman, and uh, colors by Simon Boland. Uh, mm. holy shit, this book. So, um, actually, uh, I'll just say initially. That I, I, talking to the guys about it, I was talking to RJ and, and he's like, oh, did you read Lonely Receiver? And I'm like, 
dude, I didn't, I didn't really like it. And then like <laughs> I marinated on it for a couple days and I was just like, fuck, that book was really good. It just made me so uncomfortable. It was like, no, you are wrong. <laughs> I am wrong. How I was dare wrong. You. This was a, this was a lot. It was a lot. So basically this book was a lot. The, the premise of the book is a woman who in the process of coping with one breakup creates an android that is her, her ideal partner. Right. From her phone. From her phone. And, and then the rest but of the comic is them, the inevitable breakup with that android. So, like, clearly it's been a couple years. Like, you can see, like, when it start, when the book starts, like, her hair is really short and kind of, like, you know, like, shaved on the side. And then by the end of the book, you know, her hair is, like, fully grown out. So, like, clearly this, this relationship with this android has lasted for a while. Um, but this is the death throes of it, where, like she's feeling like you know she's there's a lot of like codependency there's a lot of like possessive like you know think about you know the 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 problems that you have in your own relationships of of manipulation and possession but then think about the fact that she created her android to love her so like (laughs) and she and she has like trigger words that can make her do things yeah like where like she says actual yeah control like when it comes to that like because she is an android that was created and it's so like yeah and like that's like it's a whole nother level of that and obviously they're aware of it and it's just like what and they're the they're both fuck? very intimately aware of it so they're both yeah. kind of like taking shots at each other of like i didn't you know like you don't own me just because you created me like you didn't exactly you know, and, the, and then yeah. like her being like you know like you, you don't you clearly don't love me anymore because i can tell that you're distant and you're talking to other people and you love someone else and it's it's the exact same thing that happens in her spoiler the, the movie her where she's like yeah i'm a <laughs> fucking computer i have to t- i you know like i can't talk to just you i'm talking to five thousand other people simultaneously and yes i love a couple of them you know like and so it's the the possessiveness of that and the like oh you know like all of this like like i said existential dread a lot of like one, one of the the like criticisms i had initially that i came to actually like about the book is that since we're introduced to these characters in the midst of a breakup i don't know who to root for <laughs> but i think that is you know where that initially had been uh like why i didn't really like like cling to it initially it became a strength where it's like yeah that's how relationships are there is no winner or loser like that's the actual point. Yeah, there's just people. There's just yeah. human beings and I guess computers trying to <laughs> navigate complex emotions and that is never easy and it's made even harder by this technology that was supposed to improve life and it's just, you know, like but and there's there's this really cool moment where like like Sean was saying um where she says, I forget the trigger word where she says like uh it's like oh, a your your eye and mine, my eye and yours and they like their eyes kind of roll back and they go into this like crazy they call it the, they call it the green the green yeah and it's this yeah. like the, where they're where they're or the garden the, Sorry. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's this there was one thing is but let's say. yeah exactly yeah I, I can only relate it to like the astral plane where they're like yeah. their their bodies are kind of suspended in this like green yeah, atmospheric yeah and they and they're like they they like make love in there and that's like supposed to be their like Safe space. safe space yeah but like within that safe space there's these eyes there's something there's something these eyes just <laughs> lingering from the darkness and and the yeah, eyes this is when this 
this is when this book turned for me. I was like, what the fuck is going on now? Yeah. And like, and the I say just out of context, just says like, Rion doesn't love you anymore. And then they're like taken out of it instantly. It's just, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I hate when that happens. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, man. Seriously. Every but, time. But uh, yeah, this book is fucking trippy. Um. Uh, like, Jen Heckman's artwork is incredible. They're uh, phenomenal. I've I've seen a lot of their um artwork on like uh covers. Like they did a lot of variants for like finger guns and like other books we talked about, but I'd never seen them do interiors. And yeah, their art is incredible. It worked perfectly. Isn't like for this. um, isn't like by the end of this um the the thing that was talking to her is now out and is in her apartment. Is that kind of what happens? Um, great question. I think it's in her phone. It's in her phone. It's almost like taken over the place of the the the. Yeah, the it says I'm in phone. I'm you know. Yeah, I can't phone. Like quite speak English. I'm telling properly. you can retrieve part of her. You left over you. It's a, yeah. It's like broken English and. Yeah, because like her partner like disappears too. Yep. Which I don't know how or because I don't know. This book was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's I There's a lot I going am on here. very curious to see where it goes from here because yeah. it is it is heavy. It is it is existentially terrifying. It really it, hits all the anxiety like, yep, I've said that to myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a lot of that. I've said that to myself. Yeah, I've said that to partners. Partners have said that to me. Like <laughs> uh, I don't like it. I'm saying it right I now. I am uncomfortable. <laughs> I am I am uh, <laughs> tremendously uncomfortable. The and that is the point. Me. It was yeah. rude. Yeah, it's one of those Yeah, I got in the fisticuffs with the book. It's one of those books that's a little too real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's um, also a about like while... robot sex, so Exactly. It's 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 a little too real while being <laughs> like tremendously death, sci-fi. <laughs> it's as it's real, as real as it gets. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, like exactly. It it, it kind of weaves you in and out cuz like, you know, they have a very r- human moment where like she's just uh they're not responding to their texts and they're like, "Why are they pay- or are they not paying attention to me?" And then they get transfixed into this astral plane thing to and they make love like it's like a very yeah weird thing i just yep. think that um, dynamic of like uh i don't i was like i don't uh uh i guess not really i don't love you as much anymore but like i love other people also but it's yeah. like i but i made you and then it's like, yeah. uh, I you made you to uh, love no, me. you did the that that's the big no no that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's right, the big yeah. one Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, it just, yeah. Uh, get rid That's of that. Up, man. That would be yeah. a fucked like, up thing to do to a Meeseeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I need like, you to love me unconditionally. It's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it is an interesting. Di- it is an interesting like argument because I mean like she did make her so. I mean like. I can't imagine that yeah, frustration was, yeah. of like she was manufactured. It, right, it but is, like I can't imagine full, that. It, yeah, I can't it, imagine that frustration of like you know of like them of that losing that mindset of love because like yeah, you, you yeah. Did because well because you were the only thing that couldn't reject me and you're rejecting me because right. you've grown that's, you've that's out you've somehow still too. outgrown me even though we were made for each other. But like, what's the point of loving someone if they don't have the capability to love someone else? 
because yeah exactly because then, the, you don't then have... they don't the, the love doesn't exist it's just a program yeah, yeah. if they it's if they can't like, grow like and black, continue to love you know like, fucking black mirror and with, with my like, it's, luck it's... with software it would be all fucked up and not work right <laughs> just constantly <laughs> freezing <laughs> oh no it's like Got i don't like this user experience at all <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very blade runner in that sense of like making you question what it means to be quote-unquote human and what it means to love and what it means to have these emotions and you know like if we're and it, and it takes all of those things and kind of manages to surpass it too because well, yeah, it's, like it's cool because like we've, we've done this story a couple different times now and it's it's nice that it's not only reusing them but like you know, uh, building on top it's, of them and adding something. Definitely yeah, building right. on them because yeah, like there's Agreed. elements of her, there's elements of Blade Runner, there's elements of like like the obvious ones where it's like mm-hmm. you know asking those questions. But then it also on top of that adds this level of horror that mm-hmm. it really hasn't hasn't been present there. And like yeah, it's yeah, it's fantastic. It's good. My uh, another good number one. Yeah. My nerd brain just just popped up in my head and went. I wonder what regression testing a love robot UI would be like. Don't act like you haven't done it before. <laughs> Incredible. And I don't want any part of that. Or the worst. Yeah, It'd you... be the greatest experience or the worst experience. <laughs> oh. It's like, I, I don't know what to Just tell you. It always job. ends up hating me, and I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even love me to begin with. It just, it just hates me. Can you? I want a refund. <laughs> It can, it not, bad can it taste? not hate me? I don't need another thing hating this, me. It says they have bad opinions about art. Can you? <laughs> this AI specifically created based on my wants and needs hates me. I think there's something wrong with me or it. I'm gonna hopefully it's it. Let's do both. Why not say both? Why can't both? But, but, but the UX is immaculate. Like there's nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, with it looks UX. incredible. <laughs> looks incredible. Feels great. <laughs> no, it's not. Not go there. Like, there's like a scene in it where, like, she, like, you know, the the main character decides that this is what she's gonna do, and like, out of her phone, it's just like building a skeleton and muscles and stuff. Like, it's like this crazy thing. Oh yeah, so, so it's real like, top tier like a... body horror in like the first page. Yeah, yeah. It's they like, also start shit, kissing like, before yeah. it has like a face, which I thought was it's like <laughs> right, I, I right, think that know? needs to cook a little while longer. Before you put your mouth that's on like, it. That, that hot like pocket you, is uh, still cold in the middle. It's like when you open yeah. the, the plastic a little bit to get <sighs> the thing out, but you know you didn't, you didn't cut it enough and you get like, cuts all over. Casey <laughs> nailed it. Nothing worse than not putting the hot pocket in long enough. That first bite, and it's just cold. It's just like... Just I always go away. at least <laughs> two or three it. bites further than I should before putting something back Absolutely. in the microwave. Like, nah, fuck it, I could do it. It's like, nope, can't. Yeah, so you're the one kissing the robot before it's built. Good job. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to. But like if I've. Right. But if I do, I'm not going to stop because I've already like. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've already, I've already committed thing, myself to this un, this this, yeah. this, this unpleasant experience. Like I if I cook a hot pocket, it. it's still cold. I've already sat down and gotten comfortable to eat it. So I, yeah, I already picked up. out a show to watch. <laughs> so I mean. I'm eating a cold hot pocket. It's it's happening. Like it's cold I'm gonna pocket. hate it, and it's my fault. No, but Sean, but then you hit your first meatball, and you're like, "This has to go back in." Uh, right. Yeah. As soon as you hit the meat of your choice, uh, I'm a pepperoni <laughs> hot pocket guy. You have to put it back in. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. Which is the opposite of pizza rolls because they only have two temperatures: frozen and molten. Dude, I lava. got a piece of wood. There's no middle in ground. A Totino's pizza roll one time, and How it got lodged in the roof of my mouth. I had to like. 
find That's a pair of needle horrifying. nose pliers and pull it out. <laughs> what? Well, I was going to have those for a snack later. Yeah, but be, be warned. There could be a huge chunk of wood you in don't there. eat them around splinters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you got the Totino pizza roll splinter. Uh, yeah, microwave. Like, uh, you didn't get pepperoni. From... You got the wrong You one. got five cheese and cedar. <laughs> oh! My there favorite. I, I, I keep saying this, but like I, I think it's true. I think I'm cursed. Um. Any consumer product that I ever buy, I get the one that sucks. Like, <laughs> out of uh, like all of the ones I could have picked out, I get I always get the one that has something wrong with it. Like out of the box, so you've got you got the chicken nugget that's actually a mouse. Yeah, it's just a deep fried oh. bat, just a small. <laughs> no, it's just a deep fried. This comic I got, I got baby back ribs, has... but it was just on a skull. I was like, "Where are these? Why are these ribs yeah, on a I skull?" I got a teeny tiny right. battered and fried skull in my onion rings. I don't know what this is about. Uh, oh. Is this a comic book podcast? I thought we were just reviewing pizza rolls now. <laughs> yeah, or this hot is de- This has been derailed right. by hot pockets. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, I haven't had a hot pocket in like ten years. <laughs> I should go get one. Yeah, now I'm hungry for Hot Pockets. Thanks a lot. No No one ever. Yeah. Dude, love them. Love them. I am such a garbage person when it comes to that shit. I am not above eating one, like, right now. Yeah, same. Let's let's celebrate. Right now. For some bagel bites? Mm. Sorry. When the breakfast is on a bagel. You can have pizza anytime, obviously. Wait, did you say when breakfast is on a bagel? Yeah, she got the first part wrong, but I... I, I, I had, I was with her. And pizza's on a bagel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. <laughs> yeah. I can have it. Yeah. What is happening? Anytime. I don't know no, anymore. About... Casey and I are clearly hungry. I'm so hungry. I mean, I'm hungry too. But Who's next? Get us the hell out of here. Is it my turn? What's going on? Speaking of existential dread. <laughs> uh, die number 13. Oh God. I got to find the masthead. Oh, God. It's Where is Kieran it? Gillen and Stephanie Hans. We've talked about this book 13 times. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's Ow. those two, because I knew those two. Oh, here, it's at the end. Um, oh, it's the letter. Oh, I'll say letters. Clayton Cowles. There you go. He's on the front. They're on the front. I, I you know say. what? I thought it was Clayton, and I, I second-guessed myself. That would have been a hell of a guess, man. I said, no, I, I just recognize that. the name, because I read all these books. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so um, this is a book. That we find out uh, what this book's about. Thir- um, issue thirteen. We we get the the actual uh, plot of the book. So we get the quote unquote uh, evil villain. Not evil. Well, half of it's evil villain speech. Half of it's just filling in the world. So we get H. G. Wells. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, Wells. Ash. What's going on? Like, yeah, actual like, H. G. Wells. Like real person H. G. Wells. Well, is- in the same way that. You know, uh, was it Emily Bronte or yes. Jane? Sure. I thought, oh. I think it's Jane Bronte. It's it's basically the uh, essence of them after they die gets sucked in. Because this they thing. were gamers. They were gamers before games existed. Partly. Yes. Continue. Partly. Continue. So. Try to make this as succinct as possible because holy shit. <laughs> so there's a couple really good moments, uh, and I'll lead into it, but basically. Um, Half our party, we split the party. The half of them are going to what they call the fair. Yes. Which are these technological elves, which are like the gods of the one character. Um, And they basically finally get them and they get to ask them three questions. Uh, The bard guy, who's just generally an asshole, but we find out he has terminal cancer. Um, His 
first question basically is like, are you going to heal, cure me? And they're like, no, this is not a thing that happens. And then the grief knight, can anything cure him? He's like, no. It's like, well, I cool. guess those are two questions. He's like, he's like, just like, he's like, just, but fuck. they're also uh, flipping I... coins, which determines yes, they're flipping a coin. the answer yeah. kind of. Yes. Which I thought was a really cool moment. That's why that's the only reason I'm really bringing it up. Um, so the third question, they basically, uh, she asked, will you tell us what we, what you need to tell us? And the, the, the bard is like, you know, these dudes fucking suck at flipping coins and jumps up and grabs it. And he flips it. Cause his whole thing is luck based. Yeah. yeah. So he flips it and basically it comes up as a one and they'd be like, all right, we're going to fucking tell we'll you, tell everything. you everything you <laughs> wanted to know for 13 issues. Exposition Here it is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So basically they say that. These creatures arrived and die in 1990, and they were try to they were there to try to save the world from the doom that awaited in 2020. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, um, which makes me wonder if Kieran Gillen is a magician. He may be, and this could yeah, be did all he his do fault. All this we to don't us? know. Is this is this his fault? <laughs> so basically, we kind of learn the machine of die. The world that they're in has been is. I don't know what the right it's been building itself for 200 years and exists at the end of time and has been reaching back in time to ensure its existence. So an example of it was um, in 1826, the 12 soldiers that the Bronte siblings played with were sent by this to inspire the Brontes to write the books that led to certain events to keep to make sure that this got created. And then in 1991, the die they kind of sent them back and the kids, that's how they get sucked in. Yeah, and that the was dice, the trial the run. The magical dice arrived to, to suck these <clears throat> characters into the game. Which, which was their trial run for sucking and merging the die universe and earth together. And currently the die are being forged so that in they Glass can be Town, sent back yes. in time to make and, them come to. And, and merge the world and basically cause the end of, or, and merge it with the die universe. Yeah. So there's, there is the, Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> the machine of die has been assembling itself for 200 years, and it's it's trying to draw together our actual Earth and the die world that is the 20 sided planet. Yes. So it's like so, trying to merge them and then make itself the ultimate reality. And then another example. So then we kind of find out on the flip side in the in between of this is H.G. Wells talking to. Um, oh my God! Why can I never remember these characters? Ash. Yeah, oh, and yeah. he's like, um, he he begins ba- with like, I was I saved the world, but you guys fucked it up. What are you doing? Yeah, basically, he's talking about like, for some reason, he had this drive and desire to create, and he wrote, you know, his famous stories, basically, and because, and they all had the elements that died loved, and he basically, and then, but throughout that time, throughout his life, um, there was a board game called the Little what Wars. What do they call it? No, it's the next oh, one. Oh, the next one. There was a Prussian game, basically. Oh, the, um, there was the a German game that game. inspired Kaiser Wilhelm. Well, basically, right. it was a game that it got invented in Prussia that taught people how to engage and act in war without being in war. So when they eventually attacked the rest of Europe, they dominated because they have been practicing it for 50 yeah, years. Yeah, they can practice they war during children. peacetime. Yeah. And as he saw this, basically, um, yeah, it expired, like you said, it, Von Schlieffen, the, the whole the Schlieffen plan, that whole thing with how they attacked Europe, like Europe, which was extremely effective, that whole thing. And then, so 
this it was kind of a history lesson it is too, right, yeah really there's cool. a lot of real um, history on top of like all the hg wells history which is all true yeah, it it's all also a lot really of like well. german world well, war one it's also war funny one, yeah. because um i don't know how loose how like well connected it is but germany has the foremost like the oscar for board games called the spiel des Jahres. Like it's oh, I'm sure that most, is very relevant. And it's probably very relevant. Yeah, um, board game award you can win is German. That that's cool. Yeah, I I'm sure that is very much connected. I'm sure Kieran Gillen, being a yeah, ma- ma- sure massive gamer, yeah. is very aware of that. Oh, I'm sure he's aware so of it, but I wasn't <laughs> sure how like like just how well connected it is with the board game they made. Like I don't maybe board gaming is just like very strong. There. Something that they do in that right in that culture. Yeah. So to kind of combat. The war game. He wrote a book called Little No ah, Little Wars. He created his own board game. Oh, his own board Wars, game. That's right. Which was supposed called to be like teach people peace, basically pacifist. Yeah, it's it's like the opposite of civilization, where you have to prevent war. And he finished it in 1912, and then he died. <laughs> and basically, he saw the visions of World War One, and just thought that that was what the world that was his nightmare. Well, because that at- happens in. In the world of Die, you see the World War One soldiers in the trenches. In eternal Prussia. It's happening in eternal Prussia. In eternal Prussia, yeah. Right. So, like, he thought that that was just the world of Die fucking with him. Exactly. And Ash Which, is but, like, nah, bro, that happened. That's yeah, he's real. Pretty much, Ash is like, because he, he thought he saved the world. He's like, I put this game out. It stopped war. And Ash is like, dude, um, <laughs> you are so fucking wrong. I have some bad news for you. Um, and then she also I have two sets of bad news for you. Yeah, then the next piece of this was basically like she kind of something kind of clicked in her brain was basically like, "Oh, your game wasn't to stop the war. It was basically to create cuz well that your game created a desire and people wanting to play war games yeah, it's like one of which the led to dungeons and for, dragons yeah it's one of the genesis which basically led to all of them going into die so basically hg wells was based everything he did just like the brontes was be- manifested because die is reaching back in time and creating itself and making sure yeah. it exists So they didn't care about the books he wrote it was all about the game yep and what the game meant it was the progression and just like the game in just with the 12 soldiers with the Brontes creating the stories, which basically led to the worlds like Glasstown and all these Angria and, pre- yeah. Angria and all these places. It, it's creating itself through these people. And then like when they die, the, these people, the essence of them get sucked into this world. Just like the, it's fucking wild. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, I knew it would be, but I thought it was far more in the mind and, like, none of this is actually happening. It's like, oh, no, it's it's the realist reality. <laughs> it is the yeah. end of all reality. It's and I so, love- <laughs> like, it's so meta-bizarre. Yeah, it, just, it really yeah, is. But it's really well done. The pieces kind of f- clicked, and I was like, this was very clearly thought out, which is good, because it wasn't just, like, some... It was just yeah. Which also, time travel I think and this also like plays into my theory that it's only going to be 20, uh, 20 issues long. I well, agree. I also had yeah. this moment the, where theme. I was like, you know, like the the world is a D twenty, and it's like you know all coordinated to a different like sector with numbers, mm-hmm. and then like you kind of look at a D twenty of like how kinda, it's you yeah. know it's like globe shaped, and you're like motherfucker, just yeah. All of and then this like the next just... page, it's like oh there it is. Yep, that's <laughs> yeah. the map of the world. Yeah. And, then they, uh... and then they talk about it too. The year 2020 mm-hmm. is two 
die, and it's just like, fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's two of them, 20 plus 20. So, so, so much. Funny. It was like, the it was like issue, ordained. The issue that they're in right now is still taking place in 2019. It's very careful to mention that in the, Jealous. like, yes. in the, like, the, the yeah, right? They don't yeah, even right. know. They don't even know. Uh, but, yeah, like, he, so he knew the book was going to take place at the penultimate, like, events of the book would take place in 2020 and then the world just fell apart and he's like oh great this works perfectly for my book (laughs) looks like looks like i'm correct i'm so mad that we met him in like the very beginning of 2019 and not now and i can't be like how did you you do this you know what's really you know what's really funny about that is that meme's been going around of like Post a picture of yourself from January, like unaware of what's going on. Oh my, yeah. And my picture was the four of us that evening. Oh, at the at, yeah. at the shop meeting here. <laughs> that was Stop it. that was the last moment of like real sanity I oh. had in my life. I think we just have to all just pack it up and go home. Yeah, at this point. it's fucking over. Kieran Gillen ruined it. Thanks a lot, but buddy. That, that also kind of reminds um, me. Uh, we have this board game called Pandemic, where. It's it's kind of like risk, of except all of the players are working, uh, working in tandem. Okay. Like everyone's together, working against the game, and the game is just an mm-hmm. out of control virus that's spreading throughout the world, and you have to kind of snuff it out. And I keep trying to convince Rachel to play it with me, and she's just like, "I don't want to play that game right now." Like, you will not be surprised to learn that everyone bought that game while we were doing like web orders of course of course <laughs> that was the first thing it to just sell feels out like playing with a voodoo doll of the world at that point yeah right yeah you better not fucking lose <laughs> i i've Someone, never yeah, won that game losing. it's really fucking hard turns out it's hard to beat a global yeah. pandemic who knew <laughs> i might i might uh i might bring that with me on vacation and try to convince everyone to play don't you ruin true. their vacation yeah, like that? Everyone right in it's like, room. I know we're not we're all like not trying to talk about the global pandemic when we're on vacation, but let's play just, this just game. Just change one of the viruses to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch them all out, yeah. Um I'll be remiss if I don't say it, dude. The art. Yeah. Just Stephanie Hans. Notch. I have to say it every time. Every it's so time. fucking good. Yeah. Um, there's also some other great little moments in here where like after eight, she kind of blows Wells' mind, he just he's like, I'm H D fucking Wells and just time machines the he's fuck out of there. Like, he just, the fuck he's out of there. He's got the bike time machine. <laughs> yeah. And, and he also like six his uh invisible, invisible assassins. man army. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he has the invisible yeah, cause, man. Because he's assassins. like he's doing his like villain speech where he's like Yeah, like it liked War of the Worlds for obvious reasons, and Die liked this other story for obvious reasons. Oh, I almost forgot about Invisible Man. And then, like, a bunch of swords just manifest around her throat. He also has uh, (laughs) cogs for eyes. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Very cool. And then the... And this is where the art pops. Like, uh, it pops a lot. Obviously, with the scenes with, like, all the fair, it was really cool, but, like, uh, Isabel, the one that, like, kind of makes deals with God, shows up and saves ash and just this this fucking just scorches the invisible men it's fucking awesome yeah it's like uh, uh make them visible while tell. they burn or something we get yeah. them? i can't i can't actually tell <laughs> doing yeah it? right yeah like it's it still has a lot of those moments that completely grounds you and makes this the saddest and be- most beautiful book still because at the end ash is like oh i think i finally we're finally uh 
I think we might make it. And then she has that realization like, oh, this is probably how Wells thought right before I just told him that everything's fucked. So it's like, oh, cool, no, cool, cool, cool. I'm probably still fucked. <laughs> <laughs> just that, that's that dread of like, no, like no matter what I'm doing. Well, and she's trying to save Glasstown and the others just found out that they're making the die that will basically end the world in Glasstown. So that's not going to end great. Yeah, the party's still at odds, kind of not <laughs> so knowing. So that's not going to be good. Yeah. It's... This is such a great book. This is one I'm reading every month. Like I know there was a big break, but dude, this is probably a phenomenal trade read. Oh, it is. Getting it all yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I would if you if you're not reading it yet, just grab the trades. It's the way it f- flows all together. Like there's just it's nonstop. It's gorgeous. Like I can't recommend it enough. Oh yeah. It's great. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's gonna make it a little sad though, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not expecting you to be uplifted by a book called Die. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't strap in for a positive ride. There. I don't know. This could Fair go. Enough. This could go a good way. I think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm very optimistic. I'm hoping <laughs> to save the world. Toxic positivity. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Toxic positivity. Oh, that's something I learned right. as a real what thing. Else we got. Recently. Yes, hmm. that's a different podcast. I'll, I'll talk to you yeah, about I- that later. I don't have the energy oh, for that yeah. podcast, Casey podcast <laughs> right now. All right. You want me to go? Go. I do. Well, you sound very excited, so I think you should I, go, uh, RJ. Yeah. Well. <laughs> this was one that I wanted to fart, fight RJ for. Fart on it? I wanted to fart on it. <laughs> I wanted to just fart on it. <laughs> Calm down. I wanted to fight RJ for this pick, because this is becoming quickly becoming one of my favorite books. So I have The Dreaming Waking Hours number 2 by G. Rilla Wilson and Nick Robles. Uh, is this one of the Sandman tie-ins? Yes. It is. Okay. I just also didn't say that because it makes the long title even longer. Oh, no. I was just <laughs> clarifying. Sandman Universe, The Dreaming, The Waking Hours. I, yeah, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. To be a jerk. <laughs> anyway. Also, the, the, uh, the color is by Matt Lopez. I've been wanting to co- credit the, the colorists more often, um, and it definitely deserves it in this issue because holy shit. Anyway. Good um, So we open on... Uh, Lindy, who's still stuck in uh, Shakespeare hell. Um, Sick. Or Shakespeare heaven. Well. (laughs) uh, Depends on how much you like Shakespeare, I guess. So she's like uh, kind of uh, getting slowly more depressed in the fact that she can't, you know, go see her kid. And uh, someone comes in and offers more wine and it's Illuminati Shakespeare. So (laughs) it... It's, I guess it's the the Shakespeare in which the the myth is that Illuminati created him. <laughs> um, All right. And he's like, I promise to tell you how I encoded the blueprints for the Tree of Life into my works, which will one day awaken the sleeping masses. He's like, oh, God, please shut up. Can you please leave now? <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, the, uh, the other guy takes him out, and um, they, they kind of talk. And it's uh, the the sheik, and um, she uh, yeah she just talks about how she wants to you know get back to her, her child, and he he's like I had a child once, and he starts to tell his backstory about how he his- tells the backstory about like what that myth is, and it's super fun because it is a yeah, real myth. Well, like, is that his- like Shakespeare was just like a mis a misspelling of like sheik, um I forget what his actual name is, but Zubair. Yeah, Zubayar. Sheik Zubayar. So, yeah, like, a, but, uh, a but stupid guy spelled that, it wrong. Before that, he 
before that, all three of his daughters were on a boat and they all capsized and died. So he's trying to like, he's like, I had a, I had children once. They all drowned. So you know, <laughs> don't you feel better? <laughs> don't you? F- yeah, don't feel bad. Uh. Um. So then she, uh, she leaves and she's like, you know, maybe if I leave the, leave the house, I'll feel better. And uh, the Kit Marlowe is quoting uh, Hamlet and. Uh, Anna Hathaway's like, well done, Kit. That was not entirely terrible. <laughs> and then she uh, she goes into this other door, and it's just uh, another Shakespeare writing. And she's like, oh god. <laughs> and then it cuts what? to um, cuts back to Rune and Jophiel, um, and babysitting her her baby. Right, and Rune is talking about how human beings can't be in the dreaming because they start to like deteriorate and uh go mad so it's great um yeah because he's he's, he acts that he didn't mean for her to get trapped in there he just wanted to get out himself and the reason why he wanted to get out is beautiful um but yeah it's very very much like he's like i don't know what to do i'm so sorry i messed everything up and it's uh they you know they go to get help so jofio is um uh talking about how is Jofio was like, oh, the baby's getting hungry, and she's like, she is. How? Why? What do we do? And it's like, shut up, just relax. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and um, then he, yeah, he talks about how he's gonna go. They're gonna go to um, Heather after, which is Jofio's friend, who's a sorceress. And uh, and then yeah, uh, Ruin talks about um, how he he saw this guy that uh. He wanted to, that was, he fell so in love with that he needed to hop into the, the mortal realm to try and find. Um, yeah, that backstory is, is incredible because he, he, he was created for a singular purpose and it was to create a nightmare that was so powerful that it like changed the world. Like that this kid like found his purpose because of such a bad nightmare and he just couldn't do it because he fell in love with the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, good. <laughs> and he, he they talk about how like he was um he was created by uh the new dream and because I th- I think because uh the new dream was so uh unsure of himself that he could live up to Morpheus's uh legacy that he kind of created a fucked up nightmare. Yeah, and and like the first thing he says is like this thing is just completely ruined. Yeah. Like I, and so that's why he that's where he gets his name because that's the first thing that he heard. So like mm. through dreams complex, he gave ruin a complex and then it's just this like self-fulfilling prophecy of just yeah. like nobody can get their so shit together. They get but to- like the way that they did the backstory with that like beautiful ornate like um uh I can't think of the uh, art deco like like uh not not art deco, what's the word? Um uh, Oh, I can't think of the name of the art style. Anyway, it's really pretty. Art, art, real pretty. I like the uh, art. I like art. <laughs> it is. So pretty. they they get to Heather's and um, she's live streaming in like a Marie Antoinette outfit. Oh yeah, uh, she's, Mojo-verse. she's got it. She's doing Mojo-verse. um, like like Miss Cleo like like infomercial yeah, for like, magic, like self help. <laughs> like you know, you're, you're not a waste. Just you know eat better and spells for the underemployment yeah 
A show that teaches you to harness the power of magic so that you can live to ha- happily ever, happily Heather after too. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Joe Fuel and Ruin come in, and uh, she's like, "Shit, dude, I'm live streaming. You're like live, fifty million people, and uh, fifty uh, thousand people screens." And uh, he's like, "Well, you you stop that now." And he like he magic breaks the, her camera, magics the camera, <laughs> and um, <Like> Panasonic. <laughs> And he's like, uh, you owe me a new camera. It's like, oh, you a great deal more if you take this catastrophe off my hands. Like, that's not a catastrophe. That's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, uh, yeah, she, so she talks about how, like, why, why couldn't you have gotten involved with a demon? It's so much easier. But you had to get messed up with the Endless. If it was a demon, I'd just, you know, do a little call bit of magic John and call my friend John. And then she, like, mocks Constantine. <laughs> she's like, oh, I love how you do it today. And just, like, does this John Constantine impression. <laughs> oh, but no, but support of trouble, eh? And then, uh, so she asks Rune how he got involved with, uh, Joe Fuel, And she, uh, she calls him Milton's favorite cherub, which is just hilarious because Casey was, uh, misremembering who wrote Paradise Lost last issue, but this issue it actually <laughs> comes up. Yeah, they actually name dropped the person I was thinking and, of. And she quotes it, too. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> so I wasn't entirely wrong. Yeah. I was, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim credit. So then, uh, <laughs> then Ruin gives his backstory, which we talked about, and um, he sees the, the boy that he fell in love with, and he's like, he doesn't understand why um, he has to dream terrible things because he's dreaming of the death of Joan of Arc. And uh, he, he like, they talk about how he, like, kind of leans in and tries to make the dream better, but he makes it way worse. So much and, worse. And uh, the art is, like, him dreaming uh, on his pillow, and then, like, his head is, like, pouring out into, like, devils. And oh, my God. Fire. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Fucking gorgeous. These pages are unbelievable. Yeah, but then we get the backstory of Heather after. Right. And, uh, she, and she reveals. Uh, Ruin talks, Ruin asks, like, how uh, she knows about all the magic stuff. And then she talks about how her parentage, um, she is the, uh, the granddaughter, right? Granddaughter? Oh, granddaughter, uh, great, yeah. uh, great granddaughter of Roderick Burgess, who's the person from the first Sandman trade who traps, who summons and traps Dream in his home yeah from like the very first issue of sandman yeah from like whatever year that was and talks about how her, like you know family <laughs> line is cursed and then it'll end with her um yeah it's super cool oh there's it's also a, really a cool little... part that casey mentioned where she uh kind of like uh taking all the information and getting a headache so she asked for her uh medicine and uh joe fuel goes over and uh ta- like asks if um, two yeah, other he's like reading off all the medicines yeah. on, her, on her counter because he does. He's an angel. He doesn't know what Advil is. So she's asking. Yeah, she's asking for Advil, but there's two other medicines that uh, she doesn't need. And Casey was saying that they're um, what they're estrogen pills or they're well, one, one's an estrogen pill and one is uh, like they're they're both for transitioning uh, yeah. to to be a, a trans woman. So I was just like, oh, that's such a cool little. Yeah, I mentioned it uh, on the on social media. It's like it's really nice when there's an acknowledgement of queerness, of transness, of whatever, um, without the story centering around that. Like 
her whole origin. It's fascinating that she's related to, you know, the the guy who imprisoned Sandman thirty years ago. Um, but her being trans is just like a as a a, a cool little Easter egg. Like we don't have to mm-hmm. make the whole story about her being a trans woman. It's just a, a fact about her that she throws in. Yeah, we've mentioned nicely. that yeah. about like, Win too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So then Ruin, uh, at, you know, asks if she can help. He's like, I, I can try, but dealing with the endless, um, you know, there's a chance that Dream kind of already knows what, what is going on, and it cuts to uh, Dream and Lucian um, at the, the chest of nightmares, and Dream's like, well, I gotta I got go, you know, interrogate them, so let's go, and they hop in the chest. And oh, the art, the art shift the for art these shift, pages. Yeah, ah. yeah, the yeah, art changes and like he starts encountering. Which the is nightmares. this also Nick Robles? I couldn't find any information. I, is I, this still the same it guy? Must I mean he's a beast. Holy shit! Um, like, but it kind of changes art. to like more Dave McKinney kind of. Yeah, very. Um, kind of looks like chalkboard. Like someone drew. Like it's re- it's really cool. yeah. It looks like it's done in charcoal. Um, like it's wild. And he he's talking to the nightmares and. You know, he's asking, like, what happened? Uh, and he's, like, very angry with them. Someone uh, let loose. Uh, what does he say? Uh, one possibly have... Uh, uh, the last and least of your siblings. One who couldn't possibly have devised such a plan on his own. Because there's this kind of, like, recurring thing between Dream and Jofiel and almost everyone that Ruin is just a fucking mess but i'm like no leave leave him alone he's he's great he's, he's fine he's my blue baby he's and just I love trying him. to do his best he doesn't <laughs> want to give people nightmares best. it's okay <laughs> i just feel bad because like almost every other line is like them bagging on him <laughs> <laughs> poor ruin um poor poor sweet baby so then the the last scene is it cuts back to lindy and the shakespeare's and um she's you know still sad that uh she, uh, you know, can't be with her child, and that's kind of, like, just her main concern. Um, so Anne is like, oh, it's okay, I mean, none of us can leave. And she's like, you haven't tried? Um, well, and it's like, uh, we cannot decide who amongst us is the real Shakespeare, so the argument that brought us here is never resolved. So she's like, well, finally, a use for my, my Shakespeare degree... Yeah, my doctorate yeah. finally comes gonna, in handy. He's like, I, it's like I accept it. I'll decide which of you is the real Shakespeare, and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, and then there's a there's another earlier line uh, where she's like, "Who? Well, I should just become an accountant, like my mom said. Like, who with a reasonable mind becomes a Shakespeare uh, historian?" historian. <laughs> so funny, but yeah. Yeah, this so one, I really liked the first issue, but this one, like, because I was just like, I'm not really sure who Jophiel is, Jophile, whatever. And, like, I, I feel like I probably should have read Dreaming to really love this book, but, like, like, the previous series, but not true. This book stands on its own beautifully. As of issue two, I'm hooked. Like, this, this book so nails good. it. It's so good. And Nick Robles is about to blow up because his art is unbelievable. Yeah. I guess that comes to me then, yeah. Yeah, you got some yeah. Usagi for us? I got some Usagi Ojimbo number, what number? 12 by Stan the Guy Sakai. <laughs> We've also got nice. uh, Colors by Tom Luth, which is which is strange. that This 
this 12 issue run is the first time Usagi Ojimbo has ever been in color. So I think it's important mm, to shout out the okay. colorist because dude's doing the job no one's ever done. <laughs> which is doing the colors oh, for, for, for this book. Um, so yeah, so we, we get more into this whole Usagi visiting his hometown uh, and seeing his, his old rival and all that jazz. But he runs into um, a samurai from the, his old, like, I guess, army. Like, uh, they, they all served under the same lord that was killed by this other lord. And they're like, all right, we're going to start this. N-. He, he kind of gets roped into this whole conspiracy to try to assassinate this rival lord. But because they can't really, it's, it's so impossible to kill this guy because he has like body doubles and he's like, he's, he's kind of becoming a shogun in the area. So it like the bigger this guy gets, the more untouchable it, he is. But like they killed their lords. So like they kind of have to kill this dude. It's like part of their whole code. So they're like, we can just assassinate him politically. So there's this other guy who's, who's coming through that town that's like deeply connected to him that if they kill him it it'll uh it'll hurt his reputation so bad this other lord that he'll just lose all power and all respect forever Damn. so they're like we're we're gonna kill this other guy and it's gonna cause this whole domino effect the only problem is if they do that there's definitely going to be a backlash and everyone in this town is going to be in danger so Mm-hmm. Usagi's just like, all right, fine, I'm on board. And then everyone around him's like, yeah, but like you're gonna destroy your hometown, including that um, the nanny that he had met and and, and gotten back into contact <laughs> with. She was like, no, you you can't do that. You're gonna kill everyone. And then he just smacks her. He's like, shut up, you. And then he's oh, just like super you. mean and and like extra mean to everyone he cares about. And then uh, the night uh. when this is all supposed to happen, they have. Um, so like Usagi's old long lost love and her husband, his rival, they have them kind of set off in their own little spot because they're like locking down all the townspeople so that they can pull this whole thing off. So he's like, I have to talk to the prisoners and all of these guys gather around to like they're they're doing watch and they're helping him out. And he just fucking slaughters every single one of them. And then goes Jesus. goes in to talk to uh the his you know his old essentially family at this point he's like all right i was just pretending to be a dick that whole time so that i could catch them off guard and kill them all but we have to get the (laughs) fuck out figure out the plan so they kind of all split off and um they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to warn them ahead of time that this is happening and then try to get help so they can get reinforcements in the town so that the whole town doesn't go to shit but it's interesting though because this is really him breaking his bushido code because he is kind of honor bound to to kill this guy who killed his lord, but the whole reason he's been on this pilgrimage is to put all that shit behind him. So like, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's it's this neat story. I, I liked the whole the whole heel turn in the beginning. I was like, this is for a reason. He's going to be like, I was just being a dick just to do this, yeah. and then lo and behold, because he he's honor he's going to do all that, but he's not going right. to do it the wrong way. Yeah, he's not going to do it in such a way that's going to torch let- his old hometown i like there's like a they are i guess they send the his old the 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 nanny type person and his old (laughs) flame i guess 
um to go get help and like they were supposed to go to one town and then the um the the woman's like nah they're somewhere closer and i'm pretty sure she's gonna go get her son that's training with the other oh yeah her son that is technically usagi's son and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's what i think i think that's where she's gonna go that will be that's gonna be actually (laughs) because i guess they're that that's closer than whatever town that they're trying to get to and it still has samurai or whatever um you know warriors in in some way so yeah it was a good issue issue. there's a, a lot of uh a lot of tension and intrigue and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, is, this, is he a bad guy? Yeah, like, that, oh, it's like the, the equivalent of a John Cena heel turn. It's like, that's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I, that's why I kept reading. I was yeah. like, this has to be fake. It needed <laughs> yeah. it to be fake. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, we can't, we can't all not care about the, the main character of this story. Like, <laughs> right exactly he's the villain now yeah. deal with <laughs> right after all of these years all right is it top story time no uh oh. rj don't you have a uh <laughs> oh right yep i just wanted to uh just wanted to mention um black widow number one that came out before like Four months ago, kind of. With yeah, only but a one... customer was trying to tell me that he had it. I'm like, "There's no fucking way you have this book." It's because and it turns out, yeah, one of the one variants variant came, came out, out, but not the rest of the issues. Yeah. so weird. Uh, so <laughs> it's written by Kelly Thompson, and the art is Elena Casagrande. Yeah, and colors by Jordi Belair. Yes. Um. So this book is. Uh, the the new Widow series, and it's kind of uh, setting her back up after she was gone, or she was murdered and right. then not dead, and then yeah. everyone's trying to figure out what her deal is, and this book so is still trying to figure murdered. out what her deal. So this is kind of like setting up a new status quo. But the the thing with this book is that it, uh, as much as she's in it, uh, a lot of her actions you kind of don't understand too much um and they use winter soldier and hawkeye as framing devices of like well, what what is she up to yeah what the heck and, is going um, on here yeah so she like you know breaks into someone's house and then someone breaks into her house and uh <laughs> she like is meeting with these construction workers and um is delivering plans to them and then uh at the end she meets up with this mysterious guy that i i don't I don't recognize. Um, yeah, just some hot dude that she brought some takeout right. to go eat dinner yeah. with her her hot boyfriend. And uh, it it ends takeout. with uh, uh, <laughs> it ends means. with a it ends with a page of arcade going. Can we kill a Black Widow now? And I mean, <laughs> I'm so on board for arcade. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's got some like um, mysterious intrigue, but mostly what it has is some badass art the art so is like so you good. could string me along with the mystery for as long as you want as long as it looks this there, pretty there's this double page spread that we posted and that like i couldn't stop talking about of this hallway fight where it's, it's two panels um and there's like a, a top uh top row of her going down and then and then a bottom and it, it's insane like she's like dodging over people and like 
there's bullet arcs and it's it's so cool she loses her shoes through it (laughs) (laughs) then she's like oh good i can go back for my boots i like those boots (laughs) they're my favorite so yeah uh it's kind of hard to talk about the plot because the a lot of the plot is kind of obscured from uh, the the plot is what the heck right yeah it's it's what the heck and heck it's obscured from you and and uh and the characters as well because of hawkeye not you know not knowing what's going on so i love being everyman hawkeye just being clueless right yeah that's and i also <laughs> that's like, his main goal that's my main goal just being a clueless schmuck i like having her you know in the forefront uh spotlighted where you see everything she does, but yet you still are in the dark about what her actual plan is. It's kind of a cool yeah. puzzle box that, you know... Pretending to be an engineer and having a, a boyfriend with some crazy mansion in San Francisco doesn't seem on brand. Mm-hmm. Uh. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Maybe she's just happy for once. I don't believe it, but... Yeah, Maybe sure. Arcade's the hero. <laughs> the murder, murder world is going to save people. <laughs> love it but it's great uh, the art is incredible so we'll probably talk about it more in depth once the story gets even yeah, more I'm sure that'll along. be a pick once we get more info alright well, I'll keep out for it well speaking of number ones we got a top story that's a number one. Oh, we got a we top wanna, story here for a number that? one we don't want to end on that okay fine I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just a transition I don't know just kidding. Number three, uh, I mean, firepower. Like... <laughs> firepower number three. Just, uh, just ignore all of that. Uh, yeah, firepower I... number three by uh, Robert Kirkman, Chris Samney, Matt Wilson, and Russ Wooton. This book, uh, I love this book a lot. It's really good. Chris Samney is amazing. Even though it gives me I... fear that I'm eating ninjas in my sleep. For sure. Because you totally are. <laughs> so, <laughs> you definitely. I, I woke up and there was like a shuriken, and I'm like, God damn it, another one. <laughs> Not again. So, we kind of get a few things that happen here. Um, the husband and uh, the, our main character, I like, we talked about this before. I, we'd like that we don't have to do the whole, oh, person I'm married and have kids with. You didn't know I was a secret ninja. Like, they're both just all in at this point, which is, fu- which is great. Um, but then after the big ninja fight, um, hopefully none of them got swallowed in their sleep. They kind of, kind of both go off to work, but then they had this talk like, you know, we're going to have to have the kids, you know, do this. And he's like, okay. And basically they decide they're like, going to teach time. the kids. Yeah. <laughs> teach them. You're going to have to teach yeah, them how like, to oh, fire. Bend. The, it, yeah. Basically. <laughs> it's always, you know, uh, going to have that conversation. With yeah. The kid. Make sure they, they understand fire <laughs> yeah. safety. <laughs> comes out of your palm. Like, Dad, you, you told us you were going to teach us Fire karate. Safety. Why do we keep talking about like smoke detectors and stuff? <laughs> Fire safety. Why are there so many fire extinguishers? <laughs> um, but yes, they're going to teach them some self-defense. Um, there's just like some great little moments in here because then they show the the guy at uh, Owen at work. He's like. R- restoring furniture he's like oh you know can these people come pick up this table a day early he's like oh yeah i'll make sure it's stained he's like i don't know how you get your stain to dry so fast he's like, i'll never and tell i just light the <laughs> table on fire tell. with my hand it's just fucking Obviously. It's just so great yeah um so he goes off and just jumps up on a water tower to have lunch i also kind of get a flashback i also like the uh, the conversation that the uh 
wife has with her partner, where it's like, oh, mm. late night, oh, yeah, there were ninjas in the house. Yeah, yeah. he's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like, yeah. oh, no, the dog. It's like, oh, no, up. actually, let me come up um, with some bullshit story instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he kind of has a flashback of, like, the big, I guess, a uh, battle, when they kind of find out some secret about the not Kunlun. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the place. Um, and like they're trying to leave. He's like, "No, I want to save this place." But then we, you know, at the his like love interest back then, we see her get killed, and he's kind of just like reflecting on that whole thing. Water Tower um, is the best places defensive. And then we cuts to the wife at work. Uh, she's a police officer. Um, she's oh, also oh, badass. A small detail, great. though. Like, uh, he made her breakfast, like bacon and eggs and the, the whole fucking schmear. And then oh, <laughs> she, yeah. she's like, no, I, I, I can only drink coffee after last night. And then she, she goes to meet up with her partner who picks, picks her up at the house. And she's like, did you bring donuts? It's like, what a fucking cop. <laughs> <laughs> what a cop. Wow. Oh my god! It's like you could have had a nice, so nutritious good. breakfast, but no, you got to go and be a cop. <laughs> I I have a lot of comments, but I'm gonna withhold. We'll just, we'll just move on from that. That's pretty good. <laughs> After that, we get this nice, delightful family moment of Owen teaching his kids self defense, um, and just obviously since he's a secret. Also, can we master, all just agree that I'm master? the little girl? Yeah. Yeah, we we already know that. Because yeah. <laughs> he tries, he's um, like, he's like, I need to teach you self defense, and she's like, the only problem that matters is climate well, change, so Dad. Like, I was gonna I was bring like, that up. Uh... It, it really reminded me of like sitcoms where there's always that that girl that's like, you know, protesting something or other, and she's always played off as a joke. Like, no, she's fucking yeah. right. No, no one gives a shit anymore. What? Why? Why are those stereotypes still around? Why does that character still exist? Thank you for validating me, RJ, because I am her, and everyone just laughs at me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why were those characters played off as you know uppity jerks that were just like you know gave too much of a shit? Like, what? Because <laughs> I can the, never watch wasn't cool old back sitcoms then. anymore with those with those yeah. tropes. Yeah. Thank you for validating cool my now. personality. Yeah, no, but but the, 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 there's validity to it. that because like uh, <laughs> how society treats those types of people now is like ah oh, this fucking joke. It's like no like. Uh, it, so yeah, SJW like if you're only shut up. It's like no, but you're if you're still only experience to that is sitcoms, and then it, it, that's making people into jerks. Man, we need more Lisa Simpson. Yeah, like it, that's true. It's, it, there's right, something. It's I'm gonna I'm a, gonna write an essay about this. You guys have a you guys have a good point. <laughs> Yeah, you would right now. <laughs> oh, there she goes again, writing another. <laughs> With her picket signs. Petitions. Right, sorry, we got too far away from this. <laughs> That's cool. No, it's like we just have a nice family moment, basically. Like, he makes his kids look like fools because he's a martial arts master. And then the, his wife comes home and they kind of start sparring a little well, no, bit. No, she very interrupts clearly... him. It's like, uh, it like, don't touch my kids. And then, like, Oh yeah, because yeah, she's fucking around. Oh yeah, yeah it's great. Uh, it's yeah, it's a nice, it's a whole good, nice family moment. And they kind of like are sparring. She's like, she's like, you're, <laughs> you're clearly uh, holding back. And he's like, maybe it's like because obviously he could just do it. Yeah, you know. he could light her yeah, on with fire his, with his hands. <laughs> yeah, his hands. <laughs> oh wait, cops are <laughs> cops are vulnerable to fire. That's not in their <laughs> moveset. <laughs> 
so the big reveal here is her partner is spying on them and reporting back to his old master that is maybe part of this evil clan. Right now the ninja's uh, serial preference. Yes, we do, we do. <laughs> which I don't remember exactly what it was. Frosted mini-wheats, but he didn't have uh, milk. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so. Yeah, no milk, which is rough. And then the guy that came to recruit him reports back to the person that's now leading the town um, and kind of give it an update and basically is like, oh, he's not coming here? Alright, so this this big gang of very, very uh, tough-looking yeah, warriors just have to go to his house and home. kill him. And they're like, yeah. oh, I guess we have to go to him and murder oh, he, him. He didn't yeah. fall for it, so we gotta go murder him. What are you I love this, like, rogues gallery. This, this rogues gallery is just yeah, it, Ninja it, Scroll. It's all the villains it's, and they Ninja look like a, it's fucking Why are they, crazy. they look like a gang of ninjas that were action <laughs> figures first. And then, like, they had to write them into this book. Look, no, it's the big, it's the big rock guy and the wind guy and the snake lady. It, like, it's all, I, it's just ninja. Have scroll. I talked about the the kung fu panda mantis joke? <laughs> oh no, but no. you should now. So okay, so the the there's a joke um in kung fu panda where he meets the 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 teachers for the first time. And he's like, because he's like a huge nerd. He's like, oh my god, I. I, I love all of you. I, I have all your action figures. You're you're so much bigger in real life, except for you, Mantis. You're pretty much the same size. <laughs> and it's it's literally yeah. one of my favorite like I don't know why it's stuck in my brain for like fifteen years, but it's like one of my favorite jokes ever. <laughs> that is pretty it's good. So funny. It's That's so really funny. And it, every time people bring up like ninjas, it, it always reminds me of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I like the I, I really like the double the double twist where it's like mm, they're both being spied on. Well, they're both being spied on, and they're both like like their old master is evil. Wait, no, he's probably not because your old clan is probably evil now, yeah, exactly. and he defected yeah. because they're evil. It's this like it's like a triple cross. Evil. Yeah, exactly. He just means his frosted mini wheat with milk. Yeah, I mean it yeah, makes he- more sense because that that like old dude who loves iPods and frosted mini wheats is clearly not evil. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah. I'm I guessing... wasn't gonna buy him defecting to the evil clan. Uh, I think he I'm went to the something he, he went to the quote unquote evil clan because his clan became evil and he's just like he's, Yeah, or maybe they kind of Yeah, they kind yeah, of flip off like things aren't here, black He's doing white. that thing that Usagi was doing. This is his John Cena heel turn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's cool though. Uh, I'm really liking this one. I'm I'm very excited for this to come out every week or month, whenever it comes out. I don't know. Time is <laughs> whenever, whenever shows up. There's a there's a place for a good just martial arts comic at all times. If like I'm I'm in pretty yep. much. Yep. Like this is I feel like filling oh, a void Shane, I didn't know that was left soon. behind. Does that mean? Yeah, like that'll be cool. Book? The, the, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I was gonna say I miss I've been missing Iron Fist, but like there hasn't been like a really good Iron Fist book for, for a while. The only thing now. that I yeah, that, that kind of bums me out about this book, I I'm not even gonna say it's something I don't like about it, is the first issue was had so much content and it was so dense. And then every mm-hmm. issue since then has just been like a, a tiny taste of this story. By like first issue, trap. do you mean trade paperback? Well, yeah, it wasn't. Yes. I mean, it, it's an OGN if you want to get. 
Yeah, it was, it was an entire trade paperback so, prequel. Of course, it had more content. That's it was five what I, issues. That's literally long. what I'm saying, it though. Was, like you, you get this, you get yeah. this. Yeah, you get a big chunk, and then you get. They turn the faucet on. You got it's like, oh yeah, I want some of this, and then they just yeah. turn it off, and you get one drip. I do at think a time. it's kind of a cool <laughs> method, though. It's it's a really yeah, cool I, method because I'm very invested. Because to me, yeah, I'm all in now. I I always get that feeling if I really like a book where I just want more as soon as I'm done. Like like there's no. Absolutely. There's no more depressing feeling than being all out of a piece of media that I enjoy. But yeah. but that that uh that big beefy like whole trade paperback as the first issue thing has has amplified that on this one. I think it's such a great thing, especially with a story with like a book like this with a ton of lore. It's great because you can get all of that done and taken care of and get you invested in characters, and then you can get to the story right. that he actually wants to tell. So he could he could world build without having to like he he can give you it's great I I really like that the whole OGN thing that whole concept like Brubaker Phillips are obviously doing it I'm I love it it's like yeah. they're just big ass one shots like this is not one but like a lot of them are just they're huge one shots <laughs> and it's amazing <laughs> anyway all right well speaking the of other a first <laughs> issue the other oh Al Ewing book that came the out the same segue. Um, this is the we only find them when they're dead. So it's by uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do the whole creative team because this book is great. It's by Al Ewing, um, Simone or is it Simon? Simone, Simone, Simone DeMeo, uh, Marisara Miotti, and lettered by And World Design. All right, so this is basically um. Space Salvagers. Is this the same creative team as TMNT and Power Rangers? <laughs> it's yeah. the same artist. It's the same artist. Because yeah. th- this color yeah. again. Uh, okay. It might be the same color work. Too, oh my god, this color artist. work. That makes a lot of sense. This book is awesome. Yeah, I've been describing it to people as like uh, Firefly meets uh, Outer Darkness. I don't know if anyone's read Outer Darkness, but like um, that that whole sci-fi book is about like. You know, like ships I mean, that are powered by gods. So it's kind of the, ex- the expanse too. Is yeah, it's got one. some expanse in there. The, yeah, with Attack on Titan in there. Yeah. There's a tiny bit of Power Rangers in here too, because like they each operate a part of the ship, and there's like those cool yeah. split screen shots. Yeah, yeah. The art, like you said, the art and color, the way they kind of show things, like um, the the panel layout and stuff, is really cool and yeah. engaging. And, um, and uh, if we didn't make it clear enough, the thing that they only find when they are dead are gods, and they are. And they're basically there's just these salvage ships that are salvaging parts of these yeah, massive the, 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 gods the, in space. The different viscera of these gods' mm-hmm. corpses are yeah. they go for huge money on the regular market and on the black market, and like. The the team that we're following is really like following the rules. Evidently, there's like all these like crazy skirmishes, and everyone is fighting for scraps of the corpses and like for the good parts. They all yeah, they all want the good parts. They they want the eyeballs and the heart and like all the yeah the good stuff. And these guys just go um, after lip meat. You know, like art. Yeah, they're just they're just going after some cheek. They're just going after you know like they're being really modest and they they find kind of going after what they're assigned to. Yeah, that's the key because there's like a security force to make sure people like, will go where they're supposed to and yeah, all that it's all, stuff. It's all like... Uh, it's all regulated. Yeah. It's all, Yeah, it's a very government regulated. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of bureaucracy a, because a, like yeah, then by the end of there. it, this the, the security agent is like, we're gonna like 
triple check, check your cargo. your cargo load and they're like oh great we're gonna yeah. miss the next one like we're gonna <laughs> yeah but then the captain's basically like we gotta play ball i you know we we don't want to get f- fucked over here and they're like the since the security person's giving him we kind of get some oh god i say there's some backstory um it opens up with a family showing them like hey this will be the first god that you, you know it's good to see this. This is going to be your ship. You know, pay attention, basically. And it fast forwards to that kid as a captain of this ship. And clearly they're getting a hard time from that officer. And they're like, why is this officer giving you such a hard fucking time? It's like, oh, yeah, uh, she she killed my parents. But also before um. <laughs> that, we saw one of the people who actually broke the rules just get eviscerated. Yeah, there was a no. It wasn't. And hey, we're going to arrest you. They just she's blow, like a one-person vessel up. against like mm-hmm. four, and she just she blows them up. <laughs> yeah, Dude. just just like evaporates them. All for this reality. over some Galactus Gone. meat, like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a big deal. Dude, some of these panels, a lot of meat. pages, meat. <laughs> like early on where they're talking about like how they're doing this, like this big two-page spread of like the the body that they're going towards it just says the gods are always beautiful and the gods are always dead it's just this huge two-page spread where do they of where do they serve god. the meat is there like a mcdonald's <laughs> one billion <laughs> serve mcdonald's <laughs> all to galactus <laughs> that just one, one time <laughs> <laughs> right right um so we kind of go back a lot of this is about the salvage mission the logistics of how they're doing it and then they finally get to the point where they go to like hyperspeed um I guess, and that's the only time where the government can't listen in on their comms, and basically the captain's like, okay, we're free for two minutes, are you guys still good to do this? And everyone's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> all's eight eight yeah. bells, all's well. Which is such a great, I think that's their code for when they're being listened to, like that's how they can communicate, which I thought was a nice little touch. But basically their plan, instead of continuing to harvest galactus meat <laughs> um basically he says like when i was five uh i saw my first dead god in three days time we'll see a live one i i don't like what a good end of the issue yeah. reveal Holy i was kind of shit. confused because i was like i guess that's their their plan like they just kind of decide yeah, I'm to go they're gonna try that, to revive they don't really talk about like what the plan is well that's it's a no. it's a really good world building because we've established that the we only find them that's when they're That's pretty much dead. right on the front of this and book. And now they're going to... It's right on there. They just go out and tell you. <laughs> well, sure, but they, and then, they don't talk about, like, we're going to go do this now. It's just... No, they're pretty much days, like, the plan has been... Like, okay, I guess they're doing Yeah, that. the plan has been established, like, ten issues that we don't have before this. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. They're like, are, yeah, because they're pretty much just reaffirming, are you guys still in? And it's like, yep. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't wait for the world building of like who the gods are, what they are, why they don't see them if they're alive, how the hell they're going to be able to see them alive. Yeah, they so they lied to us right on the front of this the book. God is, they also established <laughs> that even though the god is dead, there's still a chance that when you're carving it, it could blow you up. Like it's still yeah, like powerful. something could happen. It could just. So, yeah, like, there's still power emanating from it in some way. I can't imagine what god would do. Like, and like you said, well, they're, they're only finding when they're dead. Like, where are they dying? Are they in How the are they dying? Or, and how are they dying? Well, yeah, that's the other thing. What is killing them? Are they just dying off? Where are, are they, they just... when they're alive? And what makes that, them that inaccessible? That was my question. 
Yeah. And where the hell is what's killing them? Because you should probably steer away yeah, from that. Was so this is the sequel series is something, <laughs> something is killing, is killing the, the things we only find when they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have to be a magazine sized book just to fit the title. Oh, on the cover. <laughs> I love this trend of, of obnoxiously named also, titles. It, it's great. It's a great, it's great for the Google al- algorithm. You know, they do yeah. that same, um, title splash that uh something is killing the children does yeah here's our very long title across two very big pages i feel like this is like a boom thing because a lot of their books have a similar thing like the 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 title splash page so um yeah i the art if it's like i said if it's the same artist from that tmt power like it is i can't i don't know if it's the same colors but it's the same artist i can't wait to see more it smells like it's the same things because like it smells (laughs) yeah yeah this is this is a a book that we would again describe lovingly as loud but i'm also gonna add well just just like uh about thor a bunch is like you need to wear sunglasses to read that book but the yeah this book is like glowing like it's it's iridescent yeah, it yeah. has its own light source. Like I, I almost feel like when I'm reading it, there's this like pale blue glow on my face. Yeah, I need shades. It's this so comic it's is so, so well done because like there's there's almost no line work. Like it's almost all this whole story is told in color. Like it's really really well done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Different colorist, but very similar style with the coloring yeah. as that TMNT Power Rangers crossover. But it's the same. It's the same um, artist. Mm-hmm. But it's oh, it's awesome. Another another boom book that we love. Yeah. Um, good number one. Got some Al Ewing. We kind of had to talk about him. I feel like we talk about him every week right now. Yeah, it was between this and Empire. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we picked this one. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, good what's luck. coming out this week? Uh, Marauders, X Force, and X Factor. It's one of those weeks. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, one of those should. weeks. Great. Say this. Uh, there's no, there isn't going to be uh, an episode next. Oh yeah, we forgot. Adam's gone on vacation. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to go on vacation. Oh man, the the ice cream man quarantine comic special Shit. is coming I mean, out we'll, next week. We'll do we'll maybe, we'll maybe. do some shout outs. We'll do, we'll do a, one of those like we'll double do some shout outs to make yeah, up for like, some where last we, time. We, but, yeah, uh, I'm I I need a break yeah. from this for a week. I'm sorry, you guys. Sorry, listeners at home. Wow. He hates us. Don't be sorry. Enjoy your it's vacation. It's our fault. Just sit yeah. on the beach and don't get within six feet of a stranger. I'm going to pretty much be doing what I'm doing yeah. now, just on a beach. <laughs> I think it's a big, big X week. Yep. There is also Turtles. Something is Killing the Children, speaking of which, mm-hmm. that is Tur- another one. Turtles comes out. Um, some Empire Aftermath stuff. Uh, yep. Rise of Ultraman number yeah, from one. Marvel. Yeah, Ultraman. I might check that out. That's Marvel, isn't it? It is. Marvel mm-hmm. technically owns Ultraman. It's six nowadays. bucks, yeah. so it must be. I Holy know. shit! <laughs> Join the future number five. I like that book. Uh, the Ice Cream Man Quarantine special, which is I'm looking forward to that. I'll definitely mm-hmm. have to check that out. That book's so good. Web of Venom Wraith. Oh yeah, that looks kind of cool. Hmm. Web of Venom, Venom what now? Web of Venom Wraith. It's a character Wraith. from Annihilation that is oh. relevant because he wants to kill Null. It's cool. Space stuff. Donny Kate's space stuff. 
Donny Cates space stuff. Um, I mean, that's um, the best Donny Cates stuff about, is the space stuff. Uh, yeah, all I'm sure. seeing. But yeah, there's some good books this week, but we you'll week. never know from us. So <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll goodbye everybody we'll forever. <laughs> we'll just give you a seven lo- seven hour long episode when I get back. So just a normal Mm-hmm. Looks like the length of one Santanago comic. Oh, there is a Bill and Ted by Evan Dorkin. I can't wait for that. That looks. Oh, fun. I gotta check that out. It says yeah. it's the official prequel to Bill and Ted Face the Music. Beautiful. Which, if you haven't seen yet, fucking drop what you're doing right now. Stop, and stop listening to this because it's over anyway. Go watch Bill and Ted. That movie is the only beacon of hope that I have had in a very long time. Oh no! It's beautiful. Yeah, it was it was exactly what I needed, and I got it. It I got it I got at it, it, a it. moment that I really me needed too. It. I watched it immediately after finding out that Chadwick Boseman had passed away, and I was like, Oof. "Fuck this week!" Because like another like like an acquaintance of mine that was a really close friend of a lot of people that I know passed away that same week, and like you know, it was just this like really shitty week, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, what? A, I can't." All right, let's just watch this stupid Bill and Ted. It might suck. And then I was like, "Oh, it's so beautiful." It's, it's incredible. Go watch that. Do, yeah, you, I, do yourself I, a favor. I watched it while I was waiting to get uh, a COVID test result back. So like, <laughs> what a very I, 2020 experience you had. I needed to escape my own brain for a couple of hours, and this really gave me that opportunity. Which, by the way, it came back negative. Yay, Yay. I told you. I wouldn't be fucking going on vacation if I had COVID. <laughs> I have COVID. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh that's it for 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 last week's comics and this week's comics uh make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at last week's comics also uh if if you if you want a new t-shirt uh come buy ours from us or a mask Yay. do it or, a, or mask. a mask uh you should get one of those anyway you might as well get ours ah, shoot i don't have the url written down it's duelinggenre.com slash merch i think slash merch, merch yeah there it is. Go, uh, go buy our shirts. I actually just got a compliment on it today. They're like, "Wow, I really like that design." And I was like, "Cool," because it's from my podcast. And I'm like, "Man, wow, that's your logo. That's like a real good logo." I'm like, "Yeah, well, we're like a real show." So it was created by show. my arch enemy. And yeah, and- yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> uh, it's okay, I guess. No, like uh, I hate got- it, but I'm gonna wear it on a shirt. <laughs> I don't hate it. I love our logo. Even if you hate Zach. I love our logo, so should you. Give us some of your money. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, please support your local comic shop. Get out there, buy some comics, and we'll see you next week. For myself, Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody.